0: Today's episode of What Happened When is brought to you by SaveKade.com. If you're a renter, I've got a question for you. After all of those payments, what have you got to show for it? I mean, if you could buy a house for roughly what you're paying in rent, why wouldn't you? SaveKate.com makes this process fast and easy. You don't need perfect credit. Even credit scores in the 500s will qualify. But maybe best of all, you don't need any money out of pocket. You couldn't even go find an apartment that cheap. You'd have to pay your first month's rent, your last month's rent, and a security deposit. But you get a great tax deduction. You see all the mortgage interest you pay, you get a check back at the end of the year for What do you get back for your rent? Nothing. You know what else you don't get? Any appreciation. You see, right now, home values are on the rise. Your landlord is going to be worth more next year than he is this year, and you're helping him pay it off. Why don't you pay something off for your family? Why don't you experience that appreciation and grow your wealth? Why don't you get that big tax deduction? First Family can make it happen for you right now at SaveK.com. You don't need perfect credit. You don't need money out of your pocket. So what are you waiting for? Find out how easy it is to own your very own home right now at SaveK.com. That's S-A-V-E-C-A-D-E dot NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lender.
1: Giovanni StarCast was incredible did you go maybe you did and you didn't get to see everything you wanted to see or maybe you missed it and there's that one part that you wanted to be a part of well we've got great news for you it's StarCast a la carte yes StarCast a la carte starting at just $4.99 you can see a program you missed or maybe one that you wanted to see again Hey, Conrad and I had a blast bringing What Happened When to StarCast. And who knew that I could sing that well? Or who knew what really happened between Tommy Young and the Barbarian? To be a part of an event that will be talked about for years to come, go to fight.tv and check out all the shows that you can order, all a la carte. Once again, go to fight.tv. Prices start at only $4.99. And thanks very much for being a slap dick. And thanks very much for your great response to Starcast in Chicago during All In Weekend.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the main event. Welcome to WHW Monday. Shabani and Conrad Thompson, Jim Crockett for Starcade, 605 NWA TV title,
3: Cajun only the Punkhouse Stampede, Flare and Horseman, Garvin, Bogey, Magnum, Dusty, Express Tag Team, Turner, Boden, Mid South Joint World Championship Wrestling. Talking about the
1: great years of World Championship Wrestling, the N.W.A. and Jim rocket Promotions. Tony and friends thought they win. look, Shivani's back again. World title
2: split off, center stage, Bischoff, Disney, Hogan, and Nitro, New World Order and the Crow. Thunder, Russo, Arquette, champ, Vinnie Matt, simulcast. Tony's back
3: with Conrad, not your classy podcast. Watch a long not to laugh, Lois rules, cat bath. This wasn't the initial plan, Tom's like a good-looking man. Black men will make a tip. Tony, come over here. What happened when? WHW Monday. And now, let's go to the
1: ring. And here's your co host. Hey, hey, it's Conrad
0: Thompson. <laughs> hey, hey, it's Conrad Thompson, and you're listening to What Happened When with Tony Schiavone.
1: Tony, how are you? I'm fine, Conrad. It's very good talking to you on this. Wonderful September morn. We danced until the night became a brand new day. Two lovers playing scenes from some romantic play. September morning always seemed to feel that way.
0: Thank you for serenading me to get our day started. I appreciate you having me. I hope you enjoyed a fine weekend. I heard that both of our teams... Had nice showings this weekend, and both came away with W's, which is more than we can say for Auburn or Ole Miss.
1: Mm -hmm. Auburn. I'm
0: pretty excited to be covering today's show, which will be WCW Fall Brawl 1998, and I'm so excited because you picked it, and I literally just did it with Eric Bischoff, so... We talked about the behind the scenes and we did it very seriously. And now we're mm. ready to make fun of it and shit on everything. Mm. I'm ready to love, get, I'm ready. I to love get, shitting on everything. That's what Lois tells me. She says that you've never been constipated, that you can just shit whenever.
1: Yeah, I, I can shit on call. You know, uh, I'd also uh, like to say that uh, I've had a, a lot of fun reminiscing about fall brawl 1998
0: and uh, no you haven't this is a horrible shit show and i can't wait to make fun of it
1: also it was kind of voted on by our
0: patrons and we love everyone on patron and hopefully yes, we, you're considering being on patron because there's lots of silly bonus content over there check it out at patreon.com forward slash whw monday
1: right we're having a great time on patron
0: where we, you can tell that i've already had some patron today
1: yeah, you sound drunker and shit to me. No. Hey, you're not?
0: No, I'm, I'm doing my best edging Christian impression. I don't know. Have you listened to their podcast? No, is that what it sounds like? I see nobody else has either. But according to the rumor in innuendo, mm-hmm. they like to get really low like this, and it almost feels like they're doing sweaty balls on yeah. Saturday Night Live back in the day with Alec Baldwin. Right. <laughs> Yeah, I, like I, really I get it. I get it. A microphone like this, and just mm-hmm. make noises. Why don't we go ahead and call in our tag team partner, and let's get this shit show on the road, shall we?
1: Let's bring her in—the one and only Lois Rules, sweetheart. Take it away. I'm trying to be serious. I got things to do, and you want a silly countdown? I can't do silly. I'm doing serious. One, two, three. Wait a minute. Three, two. One hit play. Hulk Hogan, uh, Stevie Ray, and Bret Hart. What
0: the one fuck? One of these is three that? guys
1: is Wh- a job guy.
0: Which one of these is not like the other? Kevin Nash. Sting! Toma- uh, tomato face thing.
1: Yes. And Lex Luger. One of these three. Didn't come to as, StarCast. Has shitty makeup on. And finally the final team warrior, Roddy Piper, and my mentor, diamond Dallas pay
0: that's like the cheese stands alone right there. Two thirds of the team. No longer with us.
1: Yeah. Two of these
0: guys are dead. Those other two guys needed yoga.
1: <laughs> it's fall brawl. Ladies and gentlemen, we cannot wait to bring you fall brawl from the large Joe Memorial Coliseum. And I want to tell you right now. Click your TV off because that graphic is as good as the show is going to get.
0: I'm looking forward to shitting on this one, Tony. Yes, sir, buddy. You guys were were determined to kill the fucking territory here, bringing war games here to Winston-Salem, Crockett country back to back to back. And every year just progressively got shittier and shittier and shittier. 96 was awesome. It's when we had the fake sting storyline. 97 is when you guys really killed the town and let the nwo bury the horseman when kurt turned and smashed rick flair's head in a fucking cage and now that we're back one year later we forgot what the fucking rules for the war games are we don't have two teams of five that strive to survive or whatever i just mashed up there for the survivor series no no no. we don't have that we've got three teams of three what the fuck is this i don't know uh, you know you talked eric Bischoff about it Was this
1: his brainchild? This is his idea to do this.
0: I don't recall. Okay.
1: (laughs) Sounds right to me. As a matter of fact, but take a look. What the fuck
0: are y'all wearing?
1: Well, I'm wearing what is pretty fucking cool.
0: (laughs) No, it's not. Look at you. It's like a formal jacket. Like you've got like a wedding coat on, but it's probably double-breasted because you're a slapdick. But then it's like a, a black shirt, a preacher shirt, just like old today over there. But then... Look on the right. It looks like Bobby Heena is like trying out for Mary Poppins as a chimney sweep, but he also wants to be on Gordon Gecko's Wall Street team, but he's got that fucking bow tie. Like he's here to make a wine recommendation too. I'm not sure what to make of this outfit.
1: Well, let's check as Mike Tanay is now talking about some of the things that we have to do. Tony Schiavone and I both got our shirts at the men's warehouse. You're going to like the way we look. They fucking guarantee it. But Tony on your right is, of course, uh, as he said, the Mary Poppin' stand in. And that's Bobby, the brain, Heenan and brain. I wanted to talk to you a little bit about war games coming up. And, and as you know, this is a very unique situation. We got, wait a minute. We're going to take a look in the back. What the fuck's going on? They're having to hold back Ernest Miller. They're trying to keep Ernest Miller away from killing the show. But there's no, there's no way to keep him away from killing the show. He's going to absolutely kill the show, Heenan. So let me ask you, even Ernest Miller in this show, is it going to help anything here at Fall Brawl, at War Games, here in the Lawrence Joel Memorial Coliseum? Now, bring before you answer, I'm going to point at the monitor. I'm going to do a couple moves with my hand. You go ahead. Kid, feed the birds, toppins a bag. Toppins, toppins, toppins a bag feed the bird what chim chiminy the- chim F- chiminy Wh- chim-, Wh- chim-, chim-, chim chim well, i'm doing mary poppins God. since he, he said he looked like you know you don't know the music from mary poppins do you
0: no i'm a fucking grown man fuck you i'm a grown man get- i'm 37 okay i don't and know then- i don't know the song the fucking blues clues either brother
1: <laughs> well they do have dvds out now you know now let's take a look at mean Gene Okerlund. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to fall brawl. We'll let you know that this dinner coat I stole from the Mater D at Skolmans, that's right. Pepper Gomez, who was once a great star in uh, the San Francisco wrestling area, was also the Mater D at Skolmans at one time. And I sold this jacket from him. Oh my God. Would you take a look at this all the way from the 1980s? Here is Chris Jericho. Chris.
0: By the way, let me just say, this is the fucking best part of the entire show. He's out here calling mean, Gene, Gene, mean, (laughs) and, uh, I mean, they're setting up a match here with Goldberg and I I don't think the live crowd is in on the gag because it's not going to be the real Goldberg, but he's certainly hyping it up. Like it's going to be the real Goldberg and mean, Gene is, uh, going to sort of play along and not shit on it necessarily. So the live house thinks they're getting the fucking real deal. Goldberg and Jericho, which is not going to happen. So in other words, what you're
1: saying is that from the get go, we're going to shit on the crowd.
0: Yes. As if last year, you didn't do a good enough job killing the town by burying the horseman and letting the heels win war games, maybe for the first time ever. But now you've got me and out here, letting him set up a match with the biggest star in the entire company, your world champion. That's not actually going to happen because he's got the night off.
1: Can I ask you something? I know you've, you've already talked to Eric about the, what the fuck is going on with us? Were we, we we were just, we were just, we're just trying to say, okay, bend over. We're going to fuck you up the ass and you're going to like it. Is that what we're saying to fans right now?
0: It got away from Eric. I mean, he hasn't just straight up said that, but it got away from Eric. All the politics and all the maneuvering and it was just more than he could handle and he eventually pulled to Tony Schiavone and just threw his hands up. And
1: Oh, is that what we're calling it now? Throwing your hands up, called it Tony Schiavone?
0: Yeah. I mean, listen, you've said on here, I didn't give a fuck at this point. I mean, you know, I was being paid to be a producer, but I wasn't doing that shit. I no. just said, yeah, sounds good to me. I just showed up and cashed my check and went home. Mm. Speaking of somebody oh, really? who was cashing checks and going home, Disco mm. Inferno strutting that ass to the ring. Yeah, it's a.
1: Sapphire Shoe Show, Sapphire Shoe Show, Sapphire Shoe Show. Yeah, 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 yeah,
0: yeah. I'm fired up. Let me just tell you, we're about uh, 10 days away uh, from all the uh, sapphire, 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 sapphire Shoe Shows you can check stick at. <laughs> I looked up Sapphire. Oh, you did? Did you yes, clear your browser history right away? Yeah, it is not a shoe show. I mean, it is technically.
1: Well, technically, I guess it is, but I don't think we'll be looking for shoes that
0: day. I mean, you oh, might, you way. might. I mean, by the way, does, does Lois know about Sapphire? No, she just she knows this.
1: She knows that I'm flying out to Las Vegas for an overnight in Las Vegas,
0: <laughs> mm.
1: and I'm 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 going to be there with Conrad, mm. Bruce Pritchard, yeah, Casio Kid, yep. and an assortment of fucks.
0: Uh, by the so way, I, you, you haven't met my jeweler, but my jeweler is a friend of mine, and. um... You're going to like him.
1: Yeah. So, so anyway, uh, here's the deal. Uh, I didn't need to go any further. Okay. Vegas Conrad slap dicks. That's all. That's all needs to be said, right? That's it. That's all needs to be said.
0: Is it wrong to say that I feel like it would be a different club experience if we were going to a club that Alex Wright worked out?
1: Uh, it, I don't know. I, I, Alex Surly is uh, gyrating that uh, that thermos, though, isn't he?
0: Oh, I didn't mean that. I was just, <laughs> I was just. I don't even know what to say. Yeah, right I know.
1: I know exactly what you meant. I pick up on it, and then you, then you blame me for it.
0: No, All no, right. no. I'm saying he looks like one of those, like, um, he would work in one of those clubs where you have to have glow sticks and take drugs. Oh, that, that,
1: those, one of those clubs.
0: Yeah, one of those European. clubs. I didn't mean one European. of those. My boys.
1: Oh, you didn't? Yeah, like one of that uh, that that jim barnett would have uh did i tell you that jim barnett was dead did i ever tell you that
0: no yeah, i heard that he was dead and, and yeah spe- he is dead speaking okay. of dead two dead wrestlers getting in the ring right now of How course we that? just Isn't lost it some- jim the anvil night feels like he was gone way way too early that one uh sort of shocked me man you know i know um a lot of guys in the 80s were living hard and and, and all that but i just didn't see jim the anvil night leaving us so soon and prayers for him and his family. Cause that's a fresh one, man. And it's, it is sort of weird to see bulldog here because you can tell that bulldog is not in his best, best health in this. And this is the only match I remember seeing where I was like, oh shit, he does not look good here.
1: And is this where he gets hurt?
0: Yeah. This is the, the famous trap door incident. This is during the the warrior era and he's going to take a bump in here and, and hurt himself, but try to work through it. And the reality is he winds up being hospitalized and and a lot of people sort of cried foul and, and assumed that anytime there's an injury in WCW, maybe it's a little suspect at best, but, uh, Davey boy was really, really hurt from this. And it wound up, you know, compounding situations that he had, uh, some addiction struggles at the time. And right, man, it was all downhill for a minute here. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I
1: do need to, uh. Uh, do a little tip of the cap of the at the New Hart Foundation. That's part of MLW uh, because I think Teddy Hart and Davey Boy Smith Jr. and Brian Pillman Jr. have become a uh, quite a sensation in, in Major League Wrestling. So
0: you know what's, uh, what's cool carrying to see on the is, name is how much stock Court is putting into um, into Brian Pillman Jr. because I mean he is a a real deal rookie but I think court is really thinking this dude has just tons of charisma and a huge upside and I'm excited to see it develop. And I think everybody knows what they're getting with Davy boy junior. I mean, that dude is an athlete and a half and Teddy is a spectacle. Unlike anything else in wrestling. Is that fair to say?
1: I I'm, I'm telling you there is nobody in in major league wrestling is over as Teddy Hart right now,
0: but n- not just being over. I just mean like, what makes him so over is he's just he's unlike anything else in wrestling right now, right? Yeah, and, you know, for better or worse, I know there's a lot of people who aren't big Teddy Hart fans. I am. I it's can't miss to me. Sometimes I understand that some people say, "Oh, it's this and it's that." I'm watching. Yeah, I, I'm in, and that's what
1: it's all about. Watching Davey Boy Smith just laying him in here to Alex Wright, a kind of a, a unorthodox tag team, I would say. Alex Wright. And the disco Inferno,
0: you know, that, it does feel like somebody in the back was like, and we got these two goofs that dance. Why don't we put them on a team? Is that really and all the, the thought you put into it? I got a number on the socks. I don't have time. <laughs> Just put the dancing fucks together and let them lose to the hot foundation. That's, this isn't rocket science. Power slam. One, two, three. What do you think my- Pujols is going to put up today?
1: That is almost, that is almost exactly what was said in the back.
0: (laughs) They go out there. They do their little dances. Jim Barnett will be happy as shit. And I can go back to watching the game.
1: And, and Tony, by the way, who in the world came up with this, this idea of this wall game shit? I mean, you remember wall games. I remember what the fuck, what the fuck's that Bischoff doing? Well, he's, he's pulling a Tony Schiavone there, gremlin. He's not giving a fuck right now. At least that's what Conrad would say.
0: It is sort of interesting that, you know, so much of the stuff that, I mean, by the way, these guys are working slow motion here. Yeah, they are. There's going to be a couple of spots here. It's just almost cartoonish Hmm. and it's not, uh, I guess it's worth mentioning here. Meltzer shit on this match, surprise, surprise. But he did put over the strong work of Alex Wright and said that he had, you know, one of the best performances on the show and certainly was the best performer on this night in this match. But you're going to see Davy Boy really struggle. And a lot of people probably thought that that was on disco and that disco was sandbagging. But the reality is he's really hurt. And it's unfortunate that, you know, in wrestling, especially. You're supposed to finish the match and suck it up. And right. So they just try to power through and make it work and really probably shouldn't have, because he's going to be seriously injured from this. And you got to wonder, man, in hindsight, just how big of a fucking blunder this whole warrior thing was, which I guess is really a testament to this whole show, I mean, because so much of it is built around the warrior to the point where guys in the first match are, are having debilitating injuries. Yeah. From, from just the gimmicks you need for that guy.
1: I, I think it just, I think this, this whole night kind of just shows us the pitfalls you would have by allowing Hulk Hogan final say on anything that he does,
0: you know, because I, you're not uh, wrong. Cause I, I brought that exact same thing up that, you know, and, and Bischoff was able to admit on 83 weeks that when he watched this show back, particularly when it came to finishes, he said, he realized that a lot of the decisions that he allowed Hogan to be involved in, maybe, maybe he gave him too much, right? But in fairness, and I know that's a knock on Hogan because I guess we should mention this, we've said it in this show a thousand times and on Bischoff's show that when Hogan came in, what Kevin Sullivan was trying to do is make him comfortable. And feed him the monster factory. And that's the reason the dungeon of doom was even created. It gave him that's an right. opportunity to work with guys that he was comfortable with and trusted, but also too, you hear Hogan say things like I drew the most money with the macho man brother. Well, there it is. You know, I drew the biggest house ever with, uh, Andre the giant. So they create their own giant and obviously WrestleMania six was a big deal. What do you know? They're going to get the ultimate warrior in there. I do think that some fans who like to villainize Hogan would suggest that he wanted to bring the warrior in to get back the win. I don't think that's accurate. I think it's more about, Hey, we drew money. I think we can make more money if we bring him in. And I mean, I really do think that's what, I don't think he's as interested in the wins and losses as he is the money. And sometimes wins and losses and more money go hand in hand.
1: Well, the, the, yeah, I, th- that's true, but you're, you are exactly right. He wasn't looking at, uh, trying to get a win over the warrior to make up for what happened to WrestleMania six. He was looking at drawing a house like they drew at Skydome. Right. Of course he was. Uh, and anybody who thinks that he was just after wins and losses just really doesn't understand the business or is so blinded by their hatred of Hulk Hogan that that leads them to make, uh, statements like that. And I know there's a lot of fans out there who feel that way. And you know, some of the, some of the things that's going on in this match are, that should have been disqualification right in front of the referee, right?
0: No, it's not bill Watts.
1: Okay. But isn't that the? I know it's not bill Watts, but isn't that the old thing no. throwing a man over the top rope disqualification? Absolutely.
0: No, that's not the case here. in 98. You got to have some rules. Conrad y'all have three teams in war games. Hush your mouth. All right.
1: Well, I just remember that. Just well. Anyway, you know, I think Disco's doing a pretty good job of bumping for these guys.
0: Dude, he just—I mean—that's a bump. I, nobody takes a guardrail bump like that. Good for him. Yeah.
1: So I, I absolutely, I, uh, you know, God Almighty, you have tainted me. Why? I'm never going to be able to watch another Disco Inferno match without thinking about Sapphire and the Shoe Show.
0: Dude, you wait till we, some, we make some real memories for you. <laughs>
1: hey, I don't know about you, but I'm coming into Vegas to have dinner and go back to bed. I got a, I got a ball game on wait, Wednesday. Wait, 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 on, wait, 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 wait. On wait, 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 wait.
0: Saturday. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. You're suggesting to me yeah. that you're going to fly four hours for one right. dinner and then yeah. come back. Yeah. Well, why come?
1: Cause you're my, you're my friend.
0: I'll FaceTime. Listen, here's what I'll do. You run down to the Outback <laughs> there in Marietta and you take it back to your house and you put on some strobe lights, have yeah. Lois get on the lingerie and you just FaceTime me and I'll FaceTime you and it'll feel like we're in the same place, brother. <laughs> no, it will' Cause there will be a girl walking around me in lingerie. Yeah. Who ain't going to do nothing. And you're going to have a girl at your house, walking around in lingerie who ain't going to do nothing and you'll have an overpriced steak. That's supposed to be better than it really is. And I will too. Yeah. I'm going to have a good time. Yeah. That's Sapphire.
1: No, that's Sapphire. Absolutely. I am.
0: Yeah. I'm going to get you that all important VIP ride. <laughs> Uh-oh. Have you ever uh Oh, have you ever been beaten with your own belt? Uh,
1: uh, yes, I have.
0: Really? What was her name?
1: <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I'm talking about when I was a kid.
0: Oh, well, when I was a young everybody's a kid at Sapphire. <laughs> you, you're going to go back to your childhood so far. You're going to want a nurse. <laughs> <Thank> you,
4: mama. <laughs> <laughs> Are
0: you okay?
1: Yes. <laughs> uh, got to clear my throat.
0: Look at Davey. Like, yeah, I feel bad for Davey because Davey, just a few years prior to this, cause we've covered some of his matches, man, when he yeah. wanted to, that dude could have a hell of a match. And, and tonight is just not his night here.
1: Yeah. Look, look, I mean, we go back and think about, uh, the dynamite kid and Davey boy Smith and obviously dynamite kid is one of the greatest high flyers ever, but they were a great tag team because they were a tag team and he was a part of that. So yeah, he had some great matches in his day. He really did. And and I guess there's another case of us trying to, you know, bring in guys who, you know, were, were known years and years ago in the WWE. So, uh, wow. Great missile dropkick by Alex, right. That time. and boy, Alex really can get up
0: almost bust his ass that time on the logo, mm-hmm. which we've heard could be slippery at times, mm-hmm. man, that did not feel good. Hmm. Yeah, so yeah,
1: so the logo can be slippery. So let's get the biggest logo we can get, so they'll bust their ass on it. <laughs> Jesus, crony.
0: You know what's funny to me too is is even though that giant logo is on there, like there's no sponsorship. Right. It feels like such a missed opportunity that obviously Vince has exploited in more recent years. But like you guys had a, could have had some sort of call ATT or one eight hundred collect. Sponsorship right there. Of course, you would later in WCW, but you could have here too.
1: Yeah, if we get somebody out there and uh, get off their ass and sell some shit. I wonder how Rob Garner is doing, by the way. Rob was uh, a salesman for us.
0: The referee <laughs> just did the drop down. Where are you at on, on referee drop downs?
1: Uh, I don't care for him at all.
0: Look, look, he's struggling to get him up, man. I'm telling you, that's not because he's not cock diesel strong as a motherfucker Yeah, it's your and opinion. it's not because disco is, is heavy. Mm. I just feel bad for him, man. That was the finish and he really struggled.
1: So it was during this match, he slipped on the trap door or how did you uh, slip coming down?
0: Uh, I, from what we've been told, he hurts himself on the trap door and that, and he's hurting bad here. And that's the reason. You know, he struggled and it wouldn't be long after this, man. He'd be in the hospital. I mean, he's going to continue to try to work through it and work a few more shows, but you can tell just looking at him, like he's not at his best physically. And it's because he's got all the other personal stuff going on, but you compound that now with this injury and it's just, it's not good, dude.
1: No, it's not. But as you say, he's a pro and he works. Ooh, man. I mean, i even little, landed on his side that oh,
0: time. That had to hurt. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I know. And here's the result. At least they got the uh, Calgary Stampede in one, two, three, and there you go. Hey, I think Alex Wright was a great worker. I agree with Dave Meltzer, man, greatest worker of the show, Alex Wright.
0: It it is sort of weird to think about how over those guys were a year before with the Hart Foundation in the WWF, and now. Right. Here, not nearly as much. This is the highlight of the show besides Chris Jericho. It's a backstage interview between, um, friend of the show, Pam uh-huh. cubes uh-huh. and yeah. someone else.
1: Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, I, I'd like to ask you something. I, I could bring you out. And of course you lackey out as well. Uh, I, I just like to say this. I went all the way to Chicago and I went to that star cast. And that Conrad, who can kiss my ass, ran like a bitch. Ran like a little scared bitch. You see that? Right there, I've got where the steroids were pumped into my arm right there. And now let's talk to another dipshit by the name of Buff Bagwell. And, you know, I I was at Starcade too. And there are a lot of rumors about what I did at Starcade, especially in the men's bathroom. But I don't really want to talk about that. All right, Gene, would you read this for us? I've got my cheaters on. Let me read it. Okay. It's, it's the menu. It's the brand new menu, uh, at, uh, at Shoney's. Okay. I see I have beef tips. That's right. I like beef tips. Yeah. I like beef tips, uh, with rice. Also, there's a steak as big as your head. And then there's something to put you to sleep. And that's JJ Dillon.
0: What are they talking about here? So here's the idea in real life or in, uh, you know, the real version of this that we're talking over and making fun of. Steiner is saying he can't wrestle his brother Rick tonight because he's injured and he's showing the little tiny band-aids and he says, he's Uh got a doctor's note and they produce it for JJ Dillon. And JJ says, well, that's really unfortunate that you took the time to produce this because you, you know, that's not going to fly. I told you it rode wild, you had to have this match. There's no way around it. And if you're not going to wrestle tonight, you're out of WCW. You're barred for life. And so they tear up the doctor's note and watch Scotty here. This is the highlight of the whole thing. Tears up the doctor's note. And now he's on his hands and knees trying to grab it and put it back together. All ad-libbed great <laughs> stuff.
1: Uh, wow. Uh, he's quickly, you know, he was one of my favorites back then. Was Scott Steiner and after star he's become one of my favorites again.
0: Just to Dude, super good guy. Yep. Yeah. You know, he, um. I'm hopeful that he won't kill me and that we can, uh, do some stuff in the future.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, I love Scotty. I mean, you never know.
0: You never know, but
1: the the thing about Scott Steiner is this, and, and this is, this is a shoot Scott Steiner is a worker. Okay. But he's a dangerous worker. In other words, he pushes the envelope too far. He always did push the envelope too far. As a result, we had some pretty good shit, right? But, uh, he just pushes the envelope too far. Sometimes you just don't know what he's going to say, or you really don't know what he's going to do. And it, it goes back to what I was talking about, where JJ said that one time I'm going to, I'm going to call Scott Steiner. I'm going to suspend him. He's going to come out and I'm going to prevent him from coming to the set. And he and I looked at each other like, yeah, like fuck you are. And of course, Scott Steiner came out. Plowed right through JJ, came over to the set and then threw chairs everywhere. That's Scott Sider pushing it a little bit too far. Uh meanwhile, what the fuck is going on here? Oh, okay.
0: Here we go. All and right. what they're trying to do here, this is awesome, by the way. Because we got Kenny Powers on the right, Ralph right. Was on the left. And I like the uh, the boxing entrance here, the big fight feel. But they're going to do a bit of a spinal tap spoof in the process because Jericho is going to struggle to find the ring. Which door is it? Is that, is is that your catering right there?
1: Yeah, it's catering.
0: How was WCW catering compared to, uh, you've seen WWE's catering today.
1: Yeah, I, I think our catering was very good. We probably spent too much for it. I've seen WWE catering one time, so I don't know. I, I don't really know what they have to be honest with you, but you know, all this is Jericho is uh, all Uh, these are his ideas.
0: Sure. I mean, it's not like you're actually doing your job as a producer.
1: No, I'm see. I I know you turn it back on me, but Jericho's (laughs) Jericho's all this stuff. I love it, man. Hindsight being what it is. (laughs) good stuff, but He was, uh, he was ahead of his time.
0: Absolutely. And you guys let him go. Let him slip. Yeah, away. I know. I know.
1: Yeah. What did Eric say about Jericho letting him go? Mistake?
0: Would, uh, no. I mean, in the end he had to appease the big stars and, uh, Jericho saw himself at that Hulk Hogan, Kevin Nash, Goldberg level and Bischoff didn't and let him go. And the reality is Jericho, when he came over, of course, he was immediately programmed with the rock, but you know, they definitely saw more and gave him more of an opportunity to be a top guy, but he was not like the top guy right away. It took a little while for him to become the the performer he is.
1: Well, and you know, look at it this way. And this is kind of where we were to be a top star for us.
0: right? I, by the way, I love this entrance here. He's trying to mimic the. Goldberg entrance. Yeah. Of course it just spits and sputters and he wants to kick it, but he realizes, Hey, this might actually blow my fucking foot off. Maybe not.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, to be a big star for us at this time, you had to been an established big star, right? You could have been. And and Jericho was basically an unknown when he came to us as far as big stars are concerned, but look how big Leo is get. Look at the Jericho holic sign.
0: Dude, he's you know, uh, he's over like we're over here. No yes, doubt about it. Yes, he is,
1: man. Absolutely. And the signs are out. We're in our heyday. We are in the Winston-Salem at the Lawrence Joel Coliseum. And God almighty. They were rabid for this.
0: Well, yeah, they think Goldberg's coming. <laughs> I mean, they're playing Goldberg's music. Uh-huh. Goldberg's not advertised on this show, by the way, but they think they're getting a surprise. The show started with him challenging him and here's the music. He's the hottest star they got. They're going you, nuts. And the, yeah. and we're seeing the signs everywhere. So it makes you think this is really fixing to happen.
1: Yeah. The fan. I mean, these guys at ringside, you see them with those Goldberg shirts on. They just about whacking off right now,
0: man. But by the way, they're fucking iron on shirts that they made themselves. Like Scott Hyatt. Yeah.
1: So we wouldn't, uh, we, <sighs> why didn't we sell Goldberg shirts or did we? You
0: did. I mean, you didn't have any cause they cost money.
4: All right. Here, so we here
0: go. he is. Are you ready?
1: Yes, I am. I have to say, I,
0: <laughs> I feel like this is the way when it's like your anniversary and you're getting ready for Lois. <laughs> this is going to be me and you right before we walk into Sapphire.
1: <laughs> With blue chews in our pocket, baby.
0: Hey. Hey. <laughs> yeah, that's my gimmick. Hey, hey is my gimmick. <laughs> oh, God. It's the blue chew, a. Yeah. <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> you got it. Although Paul Bromwell did send me some in that, uh, box of gimmicks. He gave me his own box of gimmicks.
0: Well, that's, I mean, what are you doing? Taking it for practice? <laughs> no. you going to try to put some miles on that thing before you go to Las Vegas. Yeah.
1: If you, if you go to Patreon, I, I showed Lois, the blue chews and she said, ha ha. Maybe you can take them and finally find it was her.
0: Well, we're going to show her. Yeah. <laughs> I think you, we are. Yeah, <laughs>
1: we, go, we go. We go show her.
0: You ever see uh, Tracy Morgan do yeah. his, do his skits with uh, Howard Stern?
1: No, I've not seen him do it with Howard Stern. No, I know you listen to Stern all the time. He would
0: go on Stern and he would talk about how every woman is beautiful, and and he would just run through all the dirty, nasty, filthy stuff he can say on satellite, and mm-hmm. then he would always end with, "I'm gonna get her pregnant." <laughs> <laughs> That's all I could think is Boy, Lois turned down the blue shoe Well, when Tony comes to Las Vegas I'm going to get somebody pregnant
4: <laughs>
0: It's going to be the greatest night in the history of her sport Okay
1: Uh Oh my god, he beat Goldberg
0: No, he didn't Oh, Goldberg t- kicked out in two No, Goldberg's about to kick his head in the third row Okay <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know what? <clears throat> I kind of hated it at the time, but I'm really kind of enjoying it right now.
0: You hated it because you didn't like silly fun stuff, but this is awesome.
1: Right? Because I like silly fun stuff now.
0: Yeah. Back then you wanted to take it all seriously.
1: Yeah. Ah, oh, the little guy tapped out.
0: By the way. Nope. How great is Chris Jericho with the ridiculous, like pineapple haircut right here? Like this is a top knot thingy before top knots were really a thing.
1: Right. Again, he's, he's ahead of his time and in, in fashion and look and everything. And pushing the ref. What the fuck? Pushing the referee. Where do white women at? See that? sign.
0: <laughs> That's what you're going to say when we go to Sapphire. <laughs>
1: Oh my God. Where do white women at?
0: By the way, even though I hate that TV title, I should've wished I could find it. Hmm. Who's got it. I don't know. You don't, it's missing. I mean, some some collectors got it. I, I was told it sold on eBay a few years ago. If you've got this ring used TV title, hit me up on Twitter. Uh, hey, Hey, it's Conrad. I'd like to give you cash.
1: Wow. Cash. Well, Maybe you know,
0: I'm trying to, I'm trying to uh, add to the collection. You know, I mean, in the family, our boy, Dave Millican's got the TV title and the, the, the tag titles. Oh my gosh. Check this crew out. What do you think? old Lee Marshall's saying, Oh, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll do him. Rick, I got to tell you, you're great.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. I yeah. I, 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 I can't put, 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 put two words together, but, uh, everybody in the Cherokee County school board loves me. All the parents love me. If they don't love me then I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to fuck them up. You know what I'm saying? Uh, that's what you got to do. You got to scare parents these days because they'll run all over you. And I'm not gonna have any parent run over me. That's what he would say. And I agree. You can't let parents run over you these days.
0: Well, good. Then we won't let Lois run over you when you get back from Vegas. <laughs> she won't. Sure.
1: She won't because buddy, <clears throat> as you can see, it's uh, not, not, and now everybody can see it. As you can see in my brand new office here, I have right above me, Superman and wonder woman poster. I am running this house now, man. I put this, I'm, I've got, I've got the posters and everything I want in this office. I'm in charge here now. Sp- oh God. Speaking we've of already two
0: guys s- who are not in charge. Yeah.
1: Well, well we already did this. Uh, we replayed this on nitro the very next night and here comes somebody called, call my mama. Somebody, maybe uh, Heenan walks in. It's funny. He walks in and he going to say, what the fuck are they doing? Hmm. <clears throat> Ernest, the cat Miller. And he's going to have a match coming up with, uh, Stormin Norman, or as we like to call him, uh, Mr. Wiggle. Wow.
0: I don't, uh.
1: I don't know what to say about this. Here he comes. There's Norman. Norman taking up for the Armstrong brothers. How about that, man? All right. Well, you ready for this?
0: I tell you, if I was doing commentary right there and we did a cutaway on a fucking pay per view to see that, I would come back right now at this shot and I would say, huh? That'll put a lot of butts in the seats.
1: (laughs) Okay. Well, it's time to do commentary on a match style. and now it's the part of this, uh, this podcast where Tony Schiavone and Conrad Thompson will do commentary on one of the shittiest matches of the night, Norman Smiley going up against Ernest Miller, and here he comes, Conrad, Norman Smiley, who, as we know, is one of the most talented wrestlers from the West Indies that we've ever had here in WCW.
0: He's even a trainer now at NXT, which you may or may not know. Tony, a lot of the, uh, stars that you see on Monday and Tuesday night, learned a lot of their fundamentals and got a lot of their polish work done under the tutelage of one Norman Smiley.
1: And what's happened to them now? Do they have jobs?
0: They're all cool. huge stars. They're main eventing pay-per-views selling out arenas worldwide. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Ernest, the cat Miller would go on to star in the wrestler where he would, uh, be a chic character. Who had multiple car dealerships in real life though. Do you know what Ernest Miller is doing today?
1: Uh, he is probably teaching kids karate in Marietta, Georgia.
0: Is that your final answer?
1: That's my final answer.
0: All right. Was I right? I don't know. He told us, I said, what was he doing? And you, you I thought
1: it was a, I thought it was a question like, Hey, I know what he's doing. Why don't you guess?
0: Oh, great. Okay. Uh, yeah, I know what he's doing. Was that your final guess? Yes, no, he's not doing that. He's working, he's working at a jiffy lube right outside of Marietta. He's the manager. Mm-hmm. He can stop by on Tuesday and, uh, speak to his mama.
1: Yeah. And complain about the service and he'll kick in the fucking head too. Hang on just a second. I've got to say something here. Would you guys just sit down for a second? Would you sit down for a second? I got something I got to say. Mama, listen, I ain't from the West Indies. Okay. I probably ain't got a package the size of the package that you got, but I'm going to kick your head off of your shoulders. Then I'm going to take the head. You see what I'm saying? I'm going to take the head and I'm going to stuff it up your ass is what I'm going to do. And while I'm at it, I'm going to stuff it up David Pinsley's ass as well. I'm going to pull the hair on head at your own ass and I'm going to take it. And I'm going to stuff it up David Pinsley's ass to the point where David Pinsley's hair going to turn gray. You see what I'm saying now? Don't point at me when I'm pointing at you motherfucker, I'm the one that's doing the pointing. He's trying to point to me and I'm trying to point to you. So I'm point. Yeah. Point to me. That's right. I'm pointing to you. You point Yeah. I'm pointing to you again. And I'll point here outside if I want to. And how about look at Mickey J to our left. How many cigarettes you think Mickey J has had today? Damn referee. That's all he does is smoke in the backstage area, smoking all the time. He'll probably die before he's 40 years old. Oh, he's 44 already. Okay. Ever got? Let's get get out of here, Norman. Get the fuck. out. go on back to NXT and train some of those kids to be superstars and draw more money in a week than you and I drew in an entire year here in WCW. Oh, there was a right hand by Norman. A right hand by Norman. Norman's got him up against the ropes. Conrad, he has got it. Ernest Miller and he head butted him. The motherfucker head butted him. And there's a drop kick. Shitty drop kick as it was. And outside goes Ernest Miller.
0: Norman Smiley, of course, a WCW stalwart here off and on for years and years, going back to the early nineties where we first saw him in a star cane, or at least that's the first time I saw him international superstar before that. Of course, Ernest Miller, a bit like DDP getting into wrestling a little later in life, but he made a splash and that's why he nailed him with that super kick there. That would make uh, Shawn Sean Michaels super kick weep.
1: Yeah, well, you know, oh, into ooh, into the safety rail again. And and the thing about it is here, Conrad, is we're calling commentary on this uh, one shitty match from fall brawl. One of the many shitty matches from fall brawl. The thing about it is, is Ernest Miller is a legitimately karate type guy, right? So how does he know how to work a super kick? He doesn't know how to work a super kick. Only thing he knows how to do is kick your fucking head off. And that's what he's doing. There's a karate chop side of the head. And Mickey J checking in, looking into, he just looked in there and Norman Smiley said, you got a cigarette? Norman said, hey, not, not right now. Oh, and down the side of the head again. I'll, I'll teach you to fuck with me, Norman Smiley. I'll send you back to NXT. I'll send you back to the Performance Center in Orlando. And here comes Norman Smiley once again. <laughs> I don't know why I'm talking like a Southern gentleman, but here's them back into the, into the trapezius and there's a kick. He didn't work that kick again. He caught him right above the chin and now, Oh, in a big double thrust and down goes, Norman down goes, Norman down goes, Norman
0: Conrad. What type of finishing maneuver do you think that, uh, Ernest is looking for here? What's the pinning combination he's looking for. You see him doing uh, a lot of people, maybe, uh, MMA fans and they see him, uh, go into like a Muay Thai clinch there, start throwing some knees. And then as dusty would say. He gets caught in a whirly bird. Did you say Muay Thai clinch? That's right. Wow. I had a Muay Thai
1: clinch last night. Look at Norman, man. He just, he skinned the cat back there and did a backflip and he covered him one only got a two count that time. I don't know what finishing maneuver that Ernest, the cat Miller would come up with, but I would have a feeling. He would just try to kick his head off and knock his smack dab out. And of course he may try rear naked choke. That's kind of a good move. They use in MMA these days a rear naked choke, choke him out. And now he's begging off. I was wrong. I was wrong. What, what's he want? What's he got his hand up for?
0: He's probably ra- uh, raising his hand to see if, uh, Eric Bischoff will come out and pay him a little more to teach his kid karate.
1: It could be that. Absolutely. Kicking him inside of the head. And now he got a couple of kicks and now Ernest Miller is back into it. I, I don't know. I thought maybe it was like, you know, it was a national anthem and he was, uh, he was protesting and it was on one knee and he had the the fist up in the air. I didn't know.
0: Hey, so we, we found out that being Garrett Bischoff's karate teacher would get you uh, a TV gig and a push. Mm-hmm. Which one of the wrestlers was Garrett's football coach? Uh,
1: I don't know. I don't know, but I mean, and Garrett also liked master P right. Uh, yeah. And, and that, and that got song. master P like a $100,000 payoff or something. Whatever. What did they, did you ever ask her, Eric, what they paid master P
0: $7 million per episode? Okay.
1: I'm going to ask that question again. Did you ever find out what Eric Bischoff paid master P
0: $7 million per episode?
1: Okay. That's what I thought you said. I was open that my hearing had gone bad.
0: No, I made that up. I'm just fucking around.
1: Okay. Uh, wouldn't see. no, you didn't make that up either. Did you? Yeah, I
0: know I did. Yeah. yeah. But no, I mean, okay. for the purposes of our story, let's get that going. Okay. $7 million an episode. No, no. Do you really want another real number? Yeah. 1999,
1: he made $293,000. And he only showed up once, right?
0: I don't know. But I mean, what did he really do? Yeah. I'm saying by comparison, Dusty Rhodes made 16,000 in 1999. One,
1: two, uh, there's no way. Dusty Rhodes made sixteen thousand dollars.
0: Yeah. He wasn't there the whole year, bro. Sixteen
1: thousand dollars?
0: Yeah.
1: It's like a minor league baseball season.
0: You you guys paid Jim Nighthart thirty four grand. Master P got two ninety three. Uh LaParca got a hundred and eleven. Master P got two ninety three. Silver King got eighty six. The maestro Man. got 87 grand, the maestro Sergeant Buddy Lee Parker, who trained all these assholes 39, yep. 39,000.
1: Ma- there it is. A spin wheel kick and the one, two, three, call somebody's mama. Somebody call my mama.
0: Somebody call my mama. Somebody call my mama.
1: Ernest Miller, the cat. Did
0: he you ever hear his WWF theme music? No. Is well, that great. what it was? Yeah, they, they, they redid it for Brodus Clay years later, who I know you have no idea who that is, and I understand. None. but none.
1: There was actually somebody called Brodus
0: Clay. Yeah, he's on Fox News now. I'm sure your wife knows all about him. That. I was just saying, I mean that with Ernest Miller, it's going to get over because that was his theme music. First Brodus just borrowed it later. Yeah. Brodus clay, Brodus clay, by the way, what do you think of these graphics?
1: The uh, betrayal, uh, they sucked.
0: Man, he saw that tear roll down his cheek. It must've yeah. been because the hot bar just got a less than stellar rating.
1: That's right. That's right. They came in and they gave it a 93.5 B.
0: By the way, we haven't really talked about this. Can you imagine how hard his job must be? Like his real life gig. What Scotty? Yeah. Running a fucking restaurant. Dude, that's gotta be like constant every day.
3: Yeah.
1: Well, if, if you're the manager,
0: uh, how about owner?
1: Well, if you're the, I w I would think, uh, I would think that if you got a good manager, you could just sit back and let the money roll in. Could you? No, no. You, you know, but, he's
0: got to manage food inventory. You know, there's so much money that you could lose your ass on by just ordering too much or too little. So you don't want anything to spoil and go bad. And you just literally throw money away. But at the same time, you've got to make sure that those shifts are covered. And it's not like Shoney's is closed. They're open every fucking day. So there's no, there's no off day. You've just got to make sure that people are there front of the house, back of the house. It's just, I can imagine from a staffing standpoint and an overhead standpoint, there's a reason I've never opened a restaurant. That just seems like a lot of fucking work. And you're trying to make profit on something that really is a good value. You know, I don't know what the hot bar costs. We like to have fun here. I don't even think they call it that, but let's say it's $10. How much of that can possibly be profit?
1: Okay. Is it me or are you trying to do a lot of sucking up to Scott? No, no,
0: I'm not. I'm saying I would never get in the restaurant business. Okay. That's, that's my thing. I I think if, if I was going to go start a new business tomorrow, fucking restaurant would be the last one. Well,
1: of course, you know he's a mathematical whiz, as we know. Oh yeah,
0: yeah. No, listen, I'm not kissing Scott Steiner's ass. I'm still going to call him Ham Cubes, and he'll get mad and leave yeah. me a voicemail. I'm going to kick my ass or whatever. I'm just saying, like tomorrow, if you were like, "Hey, I got an idea for a business," there's this restaurant. I'm just hanging up. Like, no, I'm not doing that. I mean,
1: well, that's because most restaurants that you see now, they don't
0: last long. Well, that's why though. That's what I'm saying is from a managerial standpoint. You've got to manage one shift after another for the wait staff, for the, for the cooks. I mean, it's just constant. And on top of that, you've got to find a way to make profit off something that there's just not a ton of margin in and, and, and you've got to make sure that you don't buy too much or too little. It's just, it's a fucking nightmare. I'd much rather be a realtor and be on the school board like his brother.
1: So Rick Snyder came up with the right idea. Of a post wrestling career.
0: Well, I mean, listen, once and Scott probably has it rolling, but I'm just saying to start a restaurant from fucking scratch. Oh my God. I can't imagine a more challenging business. I would not want to do that.
1: Well, well, Scott, Scott's got the money rolling because you know, as the old rumor was in the business, Scott still has the first time he ever made. Oh no.
0: Yeah. I heard that. Somebody told me if Scott made 300,000 one year, he found a way to end the year with three ten. Yeah, That's
1: exactly right. Absolutely. He saved every bit of his money.
0: Have you ever heard, and, have you ever heard a story about uh, a car, a car? Yeah.
1: I've not heard a story about a car.
0: We got We got to, we got to share some stories. Okay. All right. We will.
1: Uh, and, and by the way, uh, since you're in the mortgage business, uh, Rick Steiner also, not only is a school board is kind of a part-time job. He's also a realtor.
0: Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. And see, there's a perfect example, you know, with a realtor, like, it's not like, Oh God, this house is about to expire and go bad. I got to sell it before I have to throw it away. That's not a thing. You know what I mean? And you don't have to staff people to be at the house. You're trying to sell. it's just logistically fuck owning a restaurant. That's all I'm saying.
1: Uh, meanwhile, all this, uh, the, the Steiner, the Rick Steiner brothers are knocking each other's dick in the dirt here.
0: Yeah, that's, what's great about this match. And obviously they're about to do some dumb shit that I hate. And I think really ruins the entire show in just a minute, but I love the skit. We saw with JJ Dillon earlier. I mean, I thought, uh, buff and, uh, Scott were at their comedic best. Bischoff even said he thinks it's one of Scott Steiner's best promos ever, probably his best WCW promo ever. And what's, what's great about this match is these are two guys who obviously know each other very well and trust each other very much. And they're they're both comfortable beating the shit out of the other one because they've been doing it for at this point thirty five years. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Wow. Man, they are laying it fucking in here, guys. Well, and, and the, what's great about that is <laughs> they're not they're not mad about it. You know, sometimes when you see guys really lay it in, you are like, oh fuck, they're this is about to be a real thing. No, these guys are just like, this is what they've done since they were in second grade. Yeah.
1: Wow. And of course, as we've often said, you know, Rick Steiner was, it was legit.
0: Oh, no doubt. But we we had a fun uh, debate earlier today on Twitter about, Hey, who would you have made the fourth horseman? Of course, they listened to our show last week. We were sort of talking about, you know, who could have been that fourth guy in place of Mongo. So if you had a Dean. And you had a Benoit and you had a flair who, who could have been a suitable stand in for Mongo. I said, Rick Steiner. Rick's not doing a shit ton as a single here.
1: Yeah. I'm still trying to wrap my head around you having a debate on Twitter.
0: Not really a debate, you know, just somebody said, Hey, what about that fourth guy? Who could it have been? Mm -hmm. And I quoted it and said, Hey, this is a fun idea. Who's what say you? And a bunch of people were like, Sid. Okay. As a rule, you don't get to stab the manager and then join the group. Right. Sid's out. Sid's out. And I didn't think, I didn't think Lex, you know, that had been done pass. Right. If Kevin green was going to be around, you know, I guess you could have done that. But if you're going to go Kevin green, you might as well stick with Mongo I thought another great one, you know, somebody who wasn't really doing anything, this was a suggestion on Twitter, Scott Norton. Hmm. If you had Scott Norton in the Mongo spot, that could have been cool. I'm not a huge Scott Norton fan, but if you're looking for a big jacked up enforcer type dude, I mean, I'd rather have Scott Norton than Mongo.
1: Yeah, I I agree with that. I I mean, I, you gotta have somebody, I, I think who had some wrestling background wasn't just a football player who they had brought in really just to be an announcer and then became a, a wrestler as well. Yeah. I, I, I agree with all that. I, you know, I still think had they not turned into some sort of shitty angle that Kurt Hennig was the right guy.
0: Oh yeah. No, I think everybody agrees with that, that he would have yeah. been perfect. And you know, I know we all love Dean Malenko, but I think you could have swapped him out as a horseman.
1: Yeah. Because who needs a horseman? Two foot one.
0: So if you had Benoit, Kurt, and Rick Steiner and Flair, now by the way he grabs Buff by the throat here, runs him into the top turnbuckle, and immediately Buff just goes limp. And they're going to try to recreate a moment here because earlier in this same year is when Rick gave Buff a top rope bulldog live on Thunder. And for real buff was momentarily paralyzed and it turned into a real situation that took a long time. And now they're trying to recreate that here in September of the same year. And it's going to take forever, forever, forever.
1: Yeah. and, And then, and what, basically what has happened now, the fans here are legitimately concerned and any of the, as Dave Meltzer would say, Heat of this match is gone. Wow. We just fucked up in every turn, didn't we? We just absolutely, we just, we couldn't get out of our own way. We just.
0: Bischoff loved this segment, by the way, even now. He did? Yeah. He thinks it's great.
1: Are you uh, serious?
0: Yeah, I shit on it.
1: Wow. Okay, well, you can't always be right. And he's wrong here.
0: I no, think. I, I agree. I think this sucks. Yeah, it does.
1: Cause this is the one where Scotty J where uh Buff jumps back up, right?
0: Yep. Yep. But he's gonna jump out of the uh what's it called? Yeah. The ambulance in a little bit. Right. Hmm.
1: All right. Well, anyway, and again, you're right. It, it it was a pretty stiff, a pretty good matchup until then. And then, of course, that ends it. Because a, a legit neck injury, it takes time to for in the, take him out. So, anyway. So, there we go. I can see where you said this thing. I think you said that this show got 95% thumbs down.
0: It's fucking horrible. I can't believe anybody gave this a thumbs up.
1: Must have been members of the booking committee responding to Dave Meltzer's poll.
0: Yeah. Terry Taylor, maybe
1: Terry Taylor. Yeah.
0: By the way, I hung out with JBL over the weekend who came yeah. to our show with, uh, Bruce Pritchard and San Antonio. Yeah. Fuck. He hates Terry Taylor too.
1: Does he really? A lot. You know, I don't really hate Terry Taylor. I just got annoyed with him a lot.
0: I think the exact phrase was stooge piece of shit. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> I could be wrong.
1: <laughs> Another t-shirt at dot com. stooge <laughs> piece of shit.
0: By the way, I have, um, I've ordered a bunch of shirts, but we don't have them yet. Okay. You know, they, um, the guy who helps us with our designs, he's probably listening to this. Uh-huh. Uh, he's like, man, this all in things is taking over my life. <laughs> Let me find the email. You want to you hear some shirts that are coming your way soon? Yeah. I thought you might. Okay. All right. Go ahead.
1: You got him. Yeah, here's one. It? Okay. Burtis rules. Burtis?
0: Yep. Okay. Burtis. WWCD. What we
1: yeah, have? That's what I like, man.
0: Once you get past the smell, you can eat it.
1: <laughs> yep. <laughs> that would be sardines.
0: Shivani's Schiavone, Hobo Restaurant.
1: Is hobo a politically incorrect word term
0: now? Why? I don't know. Oh, uh, we've also got oil of Olay all day, every day. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Hey, you know what we ought to do? What?
1: We ought to all get those shirts that say, once you get past the smell, you can eat it.
0: And wear it, uh, the shoe shirt. Yeah. By the way, have you, um. Have you seen the oil of Olay all day, every day disco Inferno rap video?
1: You said it, you sent it to me. Yeah.
0: So you didn't like it. Yeah. It was, it was pretty funny. I like to think I'm here. He comes. We got time. They're just carting off buff. Nobody cares faster. Sherry.
3: Let me speak on this. Let Wow set it yo yay. all day everyday. Straight up from the
0: So you know we're going to have to do this at uh Sapphire. Yeah, we are. I wish you could stay Friday night because you know that Friday night is a ring of honor pay-per-view, right? Yeah. I, I, yeah. Technically, you could take that red eye home. You go to the ring of honor pay-per-view. Take the red eye home on Friday night. Yeah, I'm going. It'd be fun. Oh, God.
3: I didn't realize
0: I was backing into a goddamn Jim Cornette bachelor party. <laughs> Just so happens that I'm going that weekend and there's a ring of honor wrestling show and that was not by design so now my buddies are like are we going to the ring of honor show i'm like what the fuck are you talking about no we're going to las vegas and they're like no it's in las vegas oh shit i can't i am sucked in i can't escape why don't you bring some fucking smoky mountain vhs's and we'll just sit around and jack off over boo bradley oh don't you know oh my god i know seriously i don't know how this fucking happened there's even wrestling on my fucking bachelor party it's too much hey buddy you make your bed man no listen it'll be a good show i mean i I really didn't know it was going to be there but now that i'm like wait a minute there's a ring of honor pay-per-view i'm in oh
1: yeah i know listen i know it's gonna be a good show too but what i'm saying is is that you're in deep
0: man i know you cannot
1: get away from wrestling at all i know okay let's take don't give me And don't give me, I'm just a fan bullshit. I am. No, don't give me that. That's bullshit. Okay. We absolutely know what you are now. Okay.
0: What am I? Nope. You are. Huh? What am I?
1: You're promoter of the fucking year. Oh no. WWCD.
0: Oh my God. Listen to you.
1: All right. WWCD. I bet you, I bet you anywhere. I bet you backstage MLW. I bet you backstage a ring of honor. I bet you back even probably backstage NXT. Now I don't even, I don't know if they'll do a WWE. They'll, they'll probably say, what do you think Conrad Thompson will be doing right now? And the guy said, I don't know. Anybody got his number?
0: What's wrong with you? I don't, look you. You've,
1: you've, you've laid this out, man. You've, you've become, you've become promoter of the year for a reason. You've become promoter of the year of the reason. And the fucking reason is, is because you work harder than anybody else. Well, okay. I
0: appreciate that. Now, listen, I'll take that as a compliment because uh, okay. you know better than most. Mm-hmm. This is nonstop getting it over here. Like between the mortgages and the podcasts and the yeah. dumbass convention idea. And yeah. it's just 24 from the minute I wake up till I go to bed, it's getting it.
1: <laughs> I know. Plus, on top of that, you're getting ready to get married, and plus, on top of that, you're getting ready to fuck up everybody's lives in Las Vegas.
0: Yeah, about a week. You time. especially.
1: Yeah. So yeah, I'm getting you're married.
0: Great. You're getting divorced. We're yeah. throwing two parties. <laughs> hey, by the way, uh, speaking of marriages, I had the most surreal experience of the month mm-hmm. this week. Yeah, and we started the month with Starcast, and it got weirder.
1: <laughs> yes. I, I'm sure you're talking about that uh that little party that you had on the redneck Riviera.
0: Yeah, there were there were two billionaires at this uh commitment ceremony. Uh-huh. The Undertaker, uh-huh. Michelle McCool, James Storm. Do you know any of those names I just rattled off? The
1: Undertaker I do. Okay. Well it, it wasn't Michelle McCool, wasn't she the lead singer of the Fifth Dimension?
0: Nope. Okay. That's Undertaker's wife. She's a wrestler. Okay. Um, Michael PS Hayes. Yeah. Dolph Ziggler. Um, Dennis Rodman. I know, I know. That's what I said. What the fuck? Uh, Darren Prince, who I guess is like, uh, one of Hogan's reps. I mean, it was, it was, Mm. it was interesting. Hurricane, Hurricane Helms was there.
1: Uh, Have his mask on.
0: No, I mean, he probably would have put it on if I'd asked him to. Right. Cause you know, he carries it everywhere. Right. But you know what? No, he probably wouldn't have. Cause people down there were really scared of the hurricane this week.
1: Yeah. I know. Uh, they always are. If you say the word hurricane on the redneck Riviera.
0: Yeah. Cause they remember he delivered that vertebrae down there on that last nitro. Right. About killed somebody.
1: Yeah. Uh, Lois Schiavone and Tony Shivani were invited and we didn't go.
0: Well, I mean, you're not coming to mind either. By the way, I got the real scoop on that. You fucking kayfabe me last week. I hate using that word in this regard, but you on the show were like, I'm going to be there, buddy. And no matter what, Lois is going to be there. And then Megan said, Hey, did Hayes RSVP? I said, Fuck, I don't know. She's like, Well, is he coming? I was like, Yes, because he won't stop talking about it. He's going to be there. And she says, Okay, cool. You know, Tony's not coming. And I, Uh huh. She's like, yeah, he's coming to your bachelor party, but he's not coming to the wedding. I was like, oh, that works out. I'd rather him come to the bachelor party anyway.
1: Well, I realized uh, by the time you and I talked, the time Megan and I talked, that we had a game at LXU that weekend.
0: Yeah, it's not like that's an important game. It's not like y'all will both be ranked in the top six. Yeah, well, that's not, the, that's not the, the reason.
1: The reason is it's an away game.
0: No, I'm just I'm busting balls. It's clearly a big deal. And, and how often does Georgia play LSU? Uh,
1: once every five years.
0: And I mean, I'm sure. going to get married more often than that. Right. <laughs> Realistically. Just get me on the next one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you got it, buddy. Ooh. Yeah. You know what? After next week in Las Vegas, she may not be getting married at all.
0: No, I'm getting married here. Cause okay. see, you know how, you know how I know. Can I tell you the secret? Yeah. No phone policy. Okay. Going to be a person. Designated phone collector. You
1: know what? And and as Hooven, Guerrero and Silver King. And i You know what? I By can't the way, wait. This to is listen. a pay
0: per view. Silver King's on a pay per view. Just wanted yeah, to point that out. Yeah, against Hooven because we got to have them goddamn luchadors. You know what I'm saying? Well, listen. You've got a crush on two of the three guys in the ring. Yeah, I do.
1: Uh, oh, Charles and,
0: Robinson was at the. uh, Charles Robinson was at the wedding.
1: Oh, I'm sure he was. Mark sure Carano was.
0: was there. Who was Mark Carano, head of talent relations for WWE. Really? Yep. Steve Rubin, who like runs all the ticketing for WWE. He was there.
1: She had, if I knew Carano was there, i maybe, maybe I would have shown up.
0: There was at least one guy trying to talk to Carano. Yeah, I bet. Uh, there, there was a, there was a dude in the mob there. Did I tell you about this? What? Yeah. It's for real. I can't like, say who I don't want to fucking die,
1: but okay. Well, don't, you shouldn't have even said that.
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't really care. It's not like they're listening to this shit, Yeah, but it's well, like a, it's like a legit mob family based out of Tampa. And, uh, yeah. So, okay. so I talked to the guy for like an hour and Rick's like, you need to Google him. I was like, what do you mean? And he's like, just Google him. So I'm like, I don't know his last name. So he types it into my phone and I just, to me, like, I gotta go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to bed right now. <laughs>
1: uh, Hey, so let me, let me get this straight as, but it, it, it's, it's really hard for me to concentrate on, on the ceremony that happened down at the Ridneck Riviera. When I'm watching silver King in the pay-per-view, it's, it's hard for me to concentrate on this, but let me get this right. Michael piece of shit. Hayes. Right. Okay. Which It's PS stands for, uh, Went all the way down to the Redneck Riviera to this little get together they had. All right. Uh, but will not show up to your bachelor party. Correct. Okay. Just want to make sure I got that. You know what? I sent him a text last week when we were talking and I said, that's right, you piece of shit. Don't answer me. And it said red on there. So I know he read it, but he still didn't answer me.
0: The first thing he, when I saw him, first thing he comes over and says, hey, fuck you and Shivani trying to get me to come to that goddamn bachelor party i'm doing better than shivani i'm coming to the wedding and i was like "Damn, how does everybody know tony's not coming to the wedding like this entire podcast was built around paying for your daughter's wedding and you're not even fucking coming to mine what can i say no i understand
1: you're going to get me out of baseball i know
0: yeah but uh, this football shit I mean, I'm fucked on that deal. I got it. I, it's my fault for getting married on a Saturday. Should have pulled a flare done it at about two 30 on a Wednesday.
1: <laughs> Can I ask you something? Yes. Just between you and me.
0: Yeah. Nobody's listening. It's just me and you two buds. Was that
1: really a wedding?
0: It was a commitment ceremony.
1: Okay. A commitment ceremony. Yeah. Okay. You know, when they put people in the nut house, they have commitment ceremonies for them.
0: Well, you guys put Flair in the nut house in WCW. Oh, you really? Yeah. You blaming me for Flair having
1: to go to the nut? Flair was in the nut house long before I met his ass. Yeah. Okay. So I just wanted to know, I mean, a commitment ceremony. I did see a picture of him sticking his tongue down her throat.
0: Dude. What's great is my partner in the mortgage company just mm-hmm. randomly sent me that picture and yeah. in all caps just said, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm like, Oh my God, this has gotten everywhere now. You know, Oh, Dolph Ziggler was there friend yeah. of the show. He was there. I don't know how I forgot that he walked Wendy down the aisle. By the way, Rick walked out uh, to his own wedding to the Ric Flair drip. Did he really? That was his, his entrance theme. Yeah. He would have loved to have been there by the way, when, uh, Michael Hayes got the mic and was re- and was asked by Ric Flair to come sing. And immediately Undertaker came to life and <laughs> started just nonstop jabs at Hayes. <laughs> it was hilarious.
1: I bet it was. Oh, I nah, should have gone. No, I shouldn't. I Lois said, I didn't know we were invited. I said, you wouldn't have gone.
0: That's true.
1: So, so why would I even tell you that? Hey, how about that move by silver King right there?
0: That is a tremendous Lucha Libre move. By the way, uh, the hotel, where they did the, the deal was sold out, but apparently other people were saying <laughs> that it was like uh $900 a night on a Wednesday night. I was like, not- Holy shit. $900 a night
1: on a Wednesday night.
0: That's right. In September, it's not like peak season. It's the off season. I didn't think that sounded right. But when people were bitching, I was like, Hey man, have you heard about savecade.com Knock I got all that credit card debt.
1: <laughs> Absolutely.
0: Oh. Don't get flared. Run up a big hotel tab and have to call Gary Juster. Hmm. No, just call Tony Schiavone over at savecade.com.
1: Is it me or does silver King look like Dave Silva, 300 pounds ago?
0: Doesn't look like him at all. I feel like it's pretty racist. You would even suspect or suggest okay. that.
1: Okay. How about that? He slipped off. a tried a sunset flip and silver King. Hey, not going for it. Senor. You're not going to do a sunset flip on me. Amigo. I'm going to stick your head between my legs. I'm going to yank up on your torso. I'm going to smell your butt and I'm going to chop you down.
0: I mean, why would he put his head down there and not do anything? I don't he know just what I just... to
1: smell. His butt is what he did.
0: I, hey, by the way, uh, speaking of smelling butts, Mm-mm. Meltzer would write in the newsletter that yeah. his tight saying sweet surrender is some sort of inside joke. Yeah. Um, about gay stuff.
1: Right. Right. Yeah.
0: We've touched on that before. Oh, we talked about that. Yeah, we did. But you know, I thought so like it was such a random thing to like be in the newsletter. Like I would have never even guessed that sweet huh. surrender. Well, that, oh, that's what we're going to do. Yeah. I got it. What? We're all set. Don't worry about it.
1: <laughs> what? Come lost. You know, Vegas, that, you know when you say that, you know, you know what, when you say that away from a podcast, that scares the shit out of me. Now you're saying it in the podcast and I'm petrified. Well, and you say, okay, there's no, not worry about it. We got it. What? You Just wait until
0: we get to Vegas and you get the no, sweet I'm surrender. Saying. Oh my God. The sweet surrender is not like a, a, a dessert dish at your dinner, which you say is the only thing you're going to.
1: Okay. Aren't we going to this big steakhouse?
0: Yeah. But you're going to get a fur burger with a side of thighs. What <laughs> <But> you're getting. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. You can eat it once you get past the smell. That's what they say. Shivani's hobo restaurant. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh uh, Silver King, look at that boy. I, didn't <laughs> I just realize- fucking hate Silver King. I have an irrational hate of Silver King and I can't <laughs> help it. And I'm sorry, I don't fucking like him. I'm allowed well, you to know not what? like him. I I'm w- I'm with you too, man, because That should be the this- finish, but it's not.
1: Oh, that's why you hate him because it should be the finish and it's not. Fucking a Frankensteiner off the top Silver I'm backwards
0: King- Frankensteiner, bro.
1: Yeah, going go to go do the WhoV driver. hoovy driver. WhoV driver. <sighs> the driver. driver.
0: Oh, no. Inside crit. Crad- what, two? Oh, he almost beat him. By the way, uh, Charles Robinson still looks the exact same. Oh, he's going to hear this, so we got to fuck with him. He told okay. me something he couldn't believe, and right. I, I ribbed him about it because uh, well, everybody at the table was like, that can't be real. He went and bought. Like uh, his first suit in forever, yeah. For this special occasion, because he doesn't need a suit to put together rings and WWE shows and referee matches, so he didn't have to have a suit. So we went and got a new suit for the special occasion in the big day, which was cool. But he told us that in order to get the suit, he had to get it from the Husky section.
4: What?
0: I uh, there heard you go. Four fifty. Hooven two gets the win as he should fucking silver king on a pay-per-view and oh by the God. way i know somebody listening is going to try to hit me with y'all who are you to doubt el dandy el dandy is a fucking saint he's a national treasure silver king though get out of here he needs to go home and eat his hobo food i mean i'm all in on Hoovy, Hoobie, though hoobie's one of my favorite luchadors ever
1: yes and a very attractive young man hey also the
0: husky yeah that's what i said I- i'm like dude I was the fat kid in school. I had to shop in the Husky section. You're yes. not Husky. What the fuck are they talking about?
4: Yeah. He's like, I, I don't
0: know.
1: Well, you know what? You know what it was? He went shopping. His mom took him shopping in the
0: kids section. Oh, you nailed it. That's exactly right. He went to Oshkosh, but Right. I, my, we used to go, we used to go shopping for school
1: clothes every year. And mom would drag me downtown Stan, Virginia to Leggett, And we would go to get the Huskies section and I was thinking, man, I hate this husky. Whew man, I just I had a, a terrible flashback to shopping for school clothes, thanks to Charles Robinson who ended up shop isn't it amazing. They were uh, the moms are probably talking to each other, saying, there's a seventy one year old man here shopping in the
0: Huskies. Yeah, you know what? He may have to fill out paperwork after that. Absolutely.
1: What the flying fuck. Charles Husky. Jesus.
0: Oh. By the way, Right now on the screen, the guy on the left is, is no longer with us, but the two dudes on the right, I rode to all in with how random yeah. is this?
1: Yeah. How about that?
0: I didn't even That's- recognize that that was Chad until I was literally in the car with him and we just know- talked about him here on the show.
1: I didn't know Chad was in there and oh, here we got uh drunk, uh, Scott, uh, Scott hall. And of course this is leading up to, Oh, uh, he's had enough Lee's had enough.
0: As a reminder, we're not saying Scott is drunk here. He's doing a drunk character,
1: doing the drunk character. Exactly.
0: Hmm. Yeah, let me just tell you, I was out on shirt was dudes faces and I I recognize, don't you fucking at me on Twitter that we sell shirts with my face on it. I don't want to, and it's a cartoon face, but the life like in WWF, it got really popular for a while. To have like a giant Shawn Michaels head on your shirt, or a Diesel, or a Razor Ramon, or whatever, and then when they come over here, they even tried it with Scott Hall and Kevin Ashley. You just saw it's fucking stupid.
1: Yeah, it is. You know what I just realized? What Lodi without those glasses on, he looks like the twin of Charles Robinson.
0: You know they're best friends in real life, are they? Really? Yeah, I think Lodi even lives in one of Charles Robinson's many many rental properties. You know Charles Robinson. Is a multimillionaire.
1: Yeah, what? What? No, you're bullshitting me. No, about.
0: Charles Robinson is independently wealthy. He referees for the love of the game. And he puts up rings for the love of the game? Yeah. Because he, here's the gimmick. Now, I'm speaking out of school here, but referees are independent contractors people who hang lights, people who set up staging, people who set up rings. They're employees. As an independent contractor, you don't get employee benefits. Right. As an employee, you can participate in retirement, insurance, blah 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 blah. So the Which, the gig is wear multiple hats.
1: Yeah, yeah. But that's not necessary for that.
0: Charles. Charles is from the J.C. Penney family,
1: the legged family.
0: Yeah, Charles. Charles' great-grandfather was Marshall, Mr. Marshall, and that's Marshall's stores. And his great-great-uncle was, uh, Mr. Cole from like Cole's and his great-grandmother <laughs> was, was Sears and his great-grandfather was Roebuck.
1: Right. And his aunt was Buca de Beppa.
0: Seriously. And he's got a cousin named Best Buy. <laughs> <laughs> His second cousin was Circuit City, but they—they're no longer with us. No, but
1: but he married into the Amazon family, and unfortunately,
0: <laughs> they had two kids: <laughs> Prime and next day.
1: <laughs> oh God!
0: So, by the way, this stupid gimmick here. Yeah. Is a Ravens flock feud where Saturn is trying to get people to defect from the flock, right? And there are steps in this match where he can or cannot leave. This is dumb.
1: yeah. I, I think the steps are, if I recall that if he wins, then the, the flock is done, right? Yeah. They have he wins to disband,
0: but if Raven right. wins, then. Saturn has to join, right? They're going to get a lot of time in this match too. They're going to go 14 minutes, which up until this point will be the longest match on the card. The opening match got 11 minutes. This one's going to go 14.
1: Well, 14, you know, if done right. And we know Perry can work and I've, I've known Raven could work. Uh, 14 is not that bad. It's when you get up to 25 and 30 minutes is when you're, you know, you're pissing up a rope. Or w- another way you can be pissing up a rope is if you have Billy Kidman come out. Oh, oh there he is. Sorry. Well, it was just kind of a uh, coincidental right there.
0: Would you want to get hit in the head with a stop sign?
1: I would not. You know the best way not to get hit in the head with a stop sign? Being an announcer. Uh, no, not to bring one to the ring.
0: Oh,
1: he's taking care of every one of them, man.
0: By the way, I love that gimmick right there. Put your arm between the pole and the steps and just push it into it.
1: Yeah. And you can't work that, you know, you can't work that. in other words, it's going to smash the arm regardless of what you do.
0: To me, serious business. If you're a wrestler, um, let's talk for a minute. Like it's real life. Okay. If you're a wrestler and your opponent has an eyebrow ring and like hoop earrings. Yeah. Wouldn't you just fucking rip them out?
1: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You would. You know, that's what they've been doing with, uh, so they've been doing with, uh, the Viper and, uh, one of the Hardy boys recently,
0: by the way, let me just mention that thunder set we just saw in the package. It's my favorite thunder set. I liked it a lot better than the goddamn aggro crag. Really? Oh, that aggro crag shit was horrible. <laughs> okay. <Agro Craig. laughs> hey, you see that banner back there? Fall brawl yeah. rumor and innuendo is that on Wednesday of this week at an undisclosed location. Okay. I'm getting some good shit. Oh,
1: Really?
0: I'll be sure to send you pictures of the hall, but I'm trying to, um, load the wagons in case, in case, Yep, that's it. In case there was a period after that. Hmm. Who are these guys behind JJ Dillon? the guy on the left? We saw a lot.
1: Yeah. These are, these were all the. Uh, a lot of these guys were shooting Charlotte police officers. I mean, shooting. Not at, so, well, not bang bang, but real Charlotte police officers. Wait,
0: hang on, if you're going to say bang bang, you have to do it like access. Jack. Bang bang. Oh, what's yeah. in seats?
1: <laughs> bang bang. What's in seats? Now, uh, this guy is a police officer. Uh, and uh, have you met John Collins? John Collins plays for the uh, Atlanta Hawks.
0: No, the police officer. No.
1: Yep. Those are all Charlotte police officers. Those are Doug Dillinger's men. Hmm. So now, uh, Canyon is.
0: How about Doug Dillinger sporting that fucking beeper on his hip? You think he used to get a bunch of one, four, threes,
1: one, four, threes. Yeah. I don't know what a one, four, three is.
0: It's short code for, I love you. Oh, uh, Okay. I know nobody ever sent you that. No, it's probably like,
1: and you know what? Lois worked in the police department for a long time.
0: I feel like if you got a message like that, it was like, bring home more Ovaltine. <laughs> you know, a hey, Lois.
1: Well, she's gone now. She's drunk. To bed.
0: Probably drunk. late.
1: Yeah, it's late, but she went to bed, but I'm going to say, how come I see, you know, all those police codes. How come you never sent me a one, four, three?
0: I don't think it's a police code. It's not. No, no. Now I bet, I bet you're going to do a one, eight, seven up in the Sapphire. (laughs) What's that? It's a police code for murder. But you know what you're going to murder?
1: Yeah, um, my marriage.
0: Yeah, that's exactly right. Matrimony. <laughs> Matrimony. <laughs> hey, uh, hypothetically speaking. Yeah. How far away from Vegas does Medusa live?
1: Uh, quite away. She lives in Florida.
0: Oh, that's a quick flight.
1: <laughs> you know what? You could you 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 can get yeah. Uh,
0: Are you okay? Uh, Try again. Try again. Take a deep breath. Take a deep breath. You can do it, Tony. Two things.
1: Two things come into play here. Uh, with you thinking about flying Medusa. No, no,
0: no, no. I didn't say. No. no. Yeah, you
1: were. Oh yeah, you were. Are you wouldn't have said that? Uh, two things. Okay. Number one is number one is you can get my marriage ended. That's number one. And number two, you can get an army ranger in the middle of the night at the Tropicana hotel to where I'm staying to slip my throat.
0: Wait a minute. First of all. Two things. yeah. I'm not bringing Medusa in. Okay. And not for any other reason than she's on texting basis with somebody in my house. So she can't come. Hmm. Uh, number two, did you just tell everybody where you were staying? I guess I did. I mean, you were sort of half hot at me cause that I gave away your real address here on the show, <laughs> That's right. but now you're telling people where you're staying. What's the yeah. difference?
1: Well, that's in case that people at the university of Georgia are looking for me on Saturday morning.
0: Oh, they can so I, so have I,
1: somebody break down the door,
0: identify the body. Well, yeah, exactly. he's at 3801 South Las Vegas Boulevard at the four-star hotel, the Tropicana, which I can't believe is still operational. The Tropicana just in name sounds like something that Robert De Niro had a gambling scheme at in about 1995.
1: Well, let me tell you about the Tropicana.
0: They got bed bugs and hookers near you in.
1: No, no. Well, it's it's old school and okay. it's close to the airport.
0: Oh, I'm not I'm not mad at it. Okay. By the way, Tropicana looks like the, the place I went once my first trip to Vegas and ordered a jumbo shrimp cocktail for ninety nine cents. Yeah. Turns out what it is is it's a bowl of maggots. It's a big bowl but the shrimps are like the size of your goddamn fingernail clippings, your pinky nail clippings, but it's a big bowl of them. It's like, and they're like, it's a jumbo. I mean, it is jumbo. The order is jumbo, but the individual shrimps aren't jumbo. We didn't say they were, but we got your dollar fat boy. Keep it moving. By the way, I'm looking at the photos and it's pretty nice. Bowl
1: of maggots. All the photos look nice.
0: <laughs> yeah, they do. But I'm
1: gonna go in. I say, can I have a bowl of maggots?
0: <laughs> <laughs> and then we're gonna ship your body back home to 4665 Newell Drive, Marietta, <laughs> yeah. Georgia.
1: Oh, I got a new address.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she didn't clean up that dog hair, so it didn't sell. You're still there.
1: Oh, uh, I do actually. I have. Uh, <clears throat> I've had a lot of uh, a lot of our patrons patrons have asked me, uh, do you uh, have an address that so I could send you some stuff because, you know, Paul Bromwell sent me all of that stuff. So, yeah, uh, on, Patreon, on Patreon, I'll have my new address. It's an address. Uh, it's our my business address now.
0: Everybody's got my business address. You can just Google it. Hey, have you heard of um, Tom McGuire and the Brass Holes?
1: <laughs> uh, Tom McGuire and the Brass Holes? That's right. H O L E S or W H yeah. O L E S
0: B R A S S H O L E
1: S. No. Is that, is that like a, some sort of punk band?
0: Uh, no, but they do have a new song and they just pushed out, uh, <laughs> I guess it's their debut single and it came out over the weekend and, uh, I let them know that we were going to be talking about it and playing it and we have their permission to play it and I'd like to play a little bit.
1: Okay. It's why would, Okay. It, it seems like coincidental that you would call say that the brass holes would be pushing out something.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. what was everybody in the crowd here chanting on September 13th, 1998 in Winston Salem? We want flair. We want flair. Here's their debut single Ric Flair.
1: Is this an instrumental? Nope.
0: You sure. Yeah, hang in there. Patience, Grasshopper.
3: I'm walking home, the Get a shoes, you yeah. better be well it y'all looking there? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the ring, Mr. A red flag I don't lie you, too. I little old facts. Whenever it moves, well, it's always be flat. Actually, see, shop but who's jacket. He even knows where the hippos nose at. There, I'm wearing a underwear. I'm pretty bad. Oh, sorry, it's them hair. Are you pretending pretenders? Well, you better be Jake the Snake unsurprisingly had a snake. Oliver Warrior had paint on his face. Hacks a Jim Duggan had a two by four. But with style like this man. phones the boots, i be bouncing off the Lots of people talking, you that Who's that sitting over there?
0: So, what do you think? Uh,
1: it's, uh, I like the brass section, I think it's pretty cool, actually.
0: We'll, uh, we'll go ahead and throw it up on our Twitter machine so you can see this, but go out of your way to support fellow wrestling fan Tom McGuire and his band, The Brass Holes. McGuire, by the way, is M-C-G-U-I-R-E. So different than Mark McGuire, this is Tom McGuire and the video has cameo appearances by a guy dressed up like Rick Claire and Jake the Snake and the Ultimate Warrior and Got the big pink limousine. Good fun. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Meanwhile, Perry Saturn and Raven Goyd at it, giving 14 minutes and not doing a bad job. Both guys can work.
0: Absolutely. One, two. A couple of ECW alumni here. Yeah. The match would actually not get that bad of a rating, although this show was fucking horrible. This gets a three and a half, which, uh, up until this point was the highest rated thing on the show. Actually, this is going to be the highest rated thing.
1: Well, yeah. And you know what? I I can see why, because uh, again, both these kids can work. And when I, you know, you take a look at up and down the card, look at that sign, we want flair, man.
0: (laughs) Yeah, they're ready for, it, and you're in flair country here. You're in North Carolina. I guess we should mention it's a huge show here financially. It is a sellout. 11,528 fans paid 218 grand, another 85 K in merchandise. But Meltzer would write whether fall Brawl set a new standard for awful pay-per-view is a debatable issue. What isn't debatable is that it was near the top of any list for the worst pay-per-view wrestling shows ever. With the possible exception of the triple-decker cage match a few years back on Uncensored and perhaps some Andre the Giant matches toward the end of his career, this may have been the worst pay-per-view main event of all time. About 20 minutes of bad wrestling made worse by a finish that simply defied description. Unlike previous WCW shows with bad main events, this didn't have anything on the undercard with the exception of the Raven match that remotely saved it. And featured four other matches that would have weren't one worst match on any other normal bad pay-per-view show.
1: Well, I can say this to that had the Steiner brothers match had a decent finish. Sure. That would, that could have saved the help saved it.
0: They got a negative one star. Ernest Miller and Norman Smiley got a negative one star. Chris Jericho got half a star. Uh, The Davy Boy Smith match got a quarter star. Hooven two got two stars. Uh, Dean Malenko and Kurt coming up next are going to get a star and a half. Conan wow. and Scott Hall are going to get a dud, and your main event gets negative four stars.
1: Has there ever been a negative four star?
0: Oh, there's been negative uh, way more than that. Really? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I think there's been like a negative ten star once. Wow. I could be wrong on that.
1: Wow. Well, you know, and, and I agree with all this, that it's just, it's just absolutely terrible. And I just, I, I don't get it. I don't that. Whoa, boy. Death Valley driver. Or. Turn around, turn around. And he kicks out in two. And just kind of getting into this as well.
0: Here we go. Uh, here are, I found it one, two, three, four, five. There were six other negative four star matches, uh, that you would have been around for. Oh, by the way, Hulk Hogan, Andre, the giant WrestleMania three, that got negative four stars, WrestleMania five, the next year, the Bushwhackers and the Rougeau brothers that got negative four. Uh, clash of the champions from November of 90 with Sid vicious and the night stalker that got negative four, mm. uh, sting and Tony Palmore got negative four for the new Japan battle in 95. Uh, and then a TNA show with Charmel and Jenna, who was a reality show person got negative four stars in oh nine, but the worst negative five stars, um, was a triple mania. Show from 2015, a heroes of wrestling match with the Bushwhackers from 99. Uh, WrestleMania twos, Roddy Piper and Mr. T Moondog spot and junkyard dog at the wrestling classic in 85. Wow. And then my favorite yours too, Halloween havoc, 1998, Hulk Hogan, the warrior, which we've covered with the flash paper that just wouldn't go. Right.
1: Yeah. You know what? I agree with, I agree with that. I, here's one thing of all those negative, and I didn't see all those negative star matches, but Hulk Hogan and Andre, the giant WrestleMania three may have been a negative four star match or negative, whatever star match, but how come it always, we always remember it.
0: Yeah. But I mean, in fairness, I remember the worst bout of diarrhea I ever had too.
1: All right. Rings of Saturn, rings of Saturn. Come on. He's got to be out by now.
0: To be clear. Uh, I'm not shitting on the Andre, the giant Hulk Hogan match. I'm just saying you can remember bad stuff too.
1: Yeah, I know, but nobody remembers it as being bad. Everybody just remembers it as being just historic. Is that the right proper term? For
0: sure. No, it was a, it's a happening
1: yeah, I mean, it was, I mean, you know, I remember the, when the bell rang, the face off they had, I remember that, you know, uh, Hogan trying to pick him up and Andre falling on him and Hogan and Andre almost getting the win, you know, early in the match. And I remember Hogan finally picking him up and slamming him. And so there's a lot of things about that match. Of course, I remember it being, you know, at WrestleMania three and how big that was, but I just, I just, I just don't think that that's it's fair to give that match set anyway, just my, my take on that. All the other matches. Hey, why not? And certainly what we're getting ready to see. Wow. What we're getting ready to see is going to be, uh, one of the worst as well. No doubt. Referee is down. Canyon (laughs) broke from the handcuffs. How'd he give the, was the handcuffs in the referee's uh, shirt pocket there or something?
0: He's going to uncuff himself and then recuff himself. Yeah.
1: Oh, and he kicked out and look at the fans react, man. I wonder, you know, I I really think sometimes, I think a lot of times I, 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 I'd like to talk to someone who was at the event. Now, you know, we're talking to 1998, so we're talking 20 years ago.
0: There, I mean, we've got a lot of listeners who are at this, though, because we get, we, we, I get comments all the time from people who went to these war games in Winston-Salem. By the way, I'm going to be in Winston-Salem with Bruce Pritchard for WrestleCade, and I can't believe you're not going to be there because you're at the dumbass Georgia, Georgia Tech game. Yeah. Can you come after? Uh, you know, that's going to be an early game. Cause that's a really shitty robbery. Nobody thinks Georgia tech has a chance at anything unless you're Roman reigns, who, by the way, was
1: the uh, special, uh, guest picker on ESPN this weekend, this past weekend.
0: Yeah. I didn't see it. Did they boo him there too?
1: I don't know if they did or not. I, I only, I only saw it. Uh, I didn't hear it with the sound up. There it is. One, two, three. And Saturn wins the freedom of the flock. So here's my, my question about that. Uh, my original question is sometimes what sucks on pay-per-view by watching on TV, if you're at the arena, you go home thinking, man, I had a great time. That was a great show. So I'd like to hear from somebody who was there who said, you Nobody know Nobody
0: thought that about this dude. Come on.
1: No, you never know. I mean, look, fans were enjoying this. I get it. Yeah. Good match. I get it. But you go home after a shitty finish and you think I was a shitty show. I just, sometimes I'm not so sure. Sometimes you take, you get a TV show that has a shitty camera work, B shitty lighting, C shitty announcing. And it makes for a bad TV show. But if you're there live, you're thinking, man, I loved every bit of every bit of it. Cause I talked to this guy that I work with at the radio station who was, at our, uh, our super brawl show at the cow palace years ago. And I think that was like super brawl five or whatever it was. I think we've already done that. It's back in the archives. And I remember that not being that good of a show. And he say, man, that was a great show. We had a great time. We enjoyed every bit of it. So sometimes it gets lost in translation. Once it gets on the small screen. If you know what I mean. Yeah, And, of course, bad announcing would have a lot to do with that, too, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, you're, I'm sure you're fucking the show up, too. We've just yeah, to I, I,
1: I, listen, I did my best to fuck up as many shows as I could because, as we know, Conrad, I just didn't give a fuck.
0: Yeah, that's right.
1: I, I totally Schiavone did. You did. That's what I did. Only thing I was worried about is putting butts in the seats.
0: No, you were go- uh, putting checks in the bank. That's checks in the bank, yeah.
1: exactly. And as long as you could put
0: your butt... Is
1: that girl bouncing her boobs up and oh, okay. She, (laughs) she was, she had a wolf pack shirt and she was yanking on the shirt. Looked like she had her hands on her boobs, bouncing up and down. I'm thinking, what are we doing? Oh boy. Oh boy. Oh, I thought they were setting up the war games.
0: No, they're just telling the story of of Uh, how we got here with Kurt and, um, you know, there's going to be a double team in just a minute here on Dean Malenko with Rick right. Roode interfering. And that's right. going to bring out Aaron Anderson gets everybody really excited. And it's really the precursor for flair coming back. So this is the go home edition of nitro for the show. We're watching right now. Fall broad. Right. Absolutely.
1: And, uh, well, Kurt Hennig was a great performer, man.
0: Yeah. You know, when, when I watched this with, uh, with Eric, he said the same thing. He said, that's what stuck out to him. The most is that he's probably the best, you know, quote unquote seller and, in, in his, that he knows of in wrestling like ever. Yeah. You know,
1: something else I noticed about this show, not many promos. Yep. Had a couple of backstage things. We had that Scott Steiner thing that we talked about. Uh, we had the uh, Jericho thing and that's about it.
0: Yeah. We haven't even gotten you to do a main gene hotline promo yet.
1: I know we have. not There's nothing to do uh, unless they were going to do something to say, wait, look at this. Rick, uh, rude. I saw Stevie Ray come running out. I just, you know, I, I love Stevie Ray really do. He's got his own podcast. What's it called? Uh, have, hello, is anybody home was the name of
0: the podcast.
1: Uh, and, uh, but I just didn't get him in this main event here.
0: So had the job brother.
1: Well, then we really telegraphed it, didn't we?
0: Stand up for greatness with Stevie Ray is the name Thanks. of the show.
1: All right. I had him on my radio show in Atlanta one time, which is now defunct. I had him on my radio show in Atlanta and we, we talked about that. It was good. And that was last year. We had him right after they, you know, they had the, uh, all the rain in Houston.
0: By the the way, I'm pretty sure the show is now defunct. What's that? I think the show is now defunct. Is it really? But one of my favorite topics that I'm looking at here, Mm -hmm. uh, hard body Harrison and wrestling's forgotten jobbers. Uh huh. You've got questions. Stevie Ray's got answers. Uh huh.
1: Was that it? Two episodes?
0: When Haku used his finisher in a real fight and more.
1: Oh. Yeah, we kind of told those stories. Yeah. Yeah. Arn Anderson, man. A skinny Tony Schiavone there holding the microphone. Arn Anderson again. He's for real, buddy.
0: By the way, I don't know how this slipped out. Stevie Ray has an official Twitter. I don't think enough people know about this. I'm going to follow him right now. He is at real Stevie Ray on Twitter Machine.
1: At real Stevie Ray? I didn't know that.
0: Yeah, at real Stevie Ray.
1: Is he still pissed off about us, about Suckers Got to Know?
0: No, he tried to come to Starcast. I think he's okay.
1: Uh, two very close friends here in real life. Of course, they're both passed on. I, uh, I went to uh, Rick Rude's funeral and Kurt Hennig spoke at the funeral. And, uh, Kurt had some very, very, it was very entertaining, very humorous. And you know, it, it's, it, it's not easy speaking at a funeral. I know when it's your best friend that's passed away, but, uh, he did a great job. I'll never will forget that. I'll never forget the stories he told, he told about them hunting together. Up in Minnesota and, uh, in the cold weather and, uh, very entertaining stories at a difficult time. And he can do it, buddy.
0: You know, it's crazy right now in the ring. The only person alive is Dave Penzer. Rick Rude, Mr. Perfect. Brian Hildebrand all no wow. longer with us. Wow. Man, what type of a God. Takes all those guys and leaves us Dave fucking Pinser.
1: Isn't that something? And not only that, it leaves us David Penzer with the way he is now.
0: By the way, I'm going to be doing some business, some more business with Dave Pinser. I don't know that you know that, but we've already we've already helped some listeners get into a new house because save Cade. That's what we do. But Dave Pinzer in real life is now a realtor.
1: Yeah, you know what? I I knew that. He said that, and so he's you're helping. Dave Pinscher.
0: Well, whenever I find somebody who wants to buy a house in Florida, right? I hook them up with uh Dave Penzer. All right. I mean, to me, if I was a wrestling fan and Dave Penzer could be my ref my, uh, my realtor, I'd be in.
1: Yeah, I, I agree.
0: And if I was buying in Georgia, I might buy from Rick Steiner. Then there again, I might just go bark at traffic.
1: <laughs> or Tell parents, shut the fuck up, which I would, I would love to be on that committee. You, you already do that. Yeah. Look, I have, a, as you might imagine, as you might have, I have a real, real problem with parents.
0: Yeah. I mean, you're a parent, you don't even like yourself.
1: Well, no, 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 no. That's what you got to, you know, I was a little league baseball coach for many years and I had way too many run-ins with parents. Well, why, and, w- 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 but why though,
0: what'd you do to him?
1: I didn't do anything to him because we, you weren't playing their kid enough. You know, you know, fuck you and the horse you came in on.
0: Why are you so angry?
1: I, i just, I hold a grudge. I hold a grudge against parents. And that's why my, my middle son, Chris said, uh, years ago, he said, I think I'm going to be, a, I'm going to get into teaching. I'm going to go, go to school to be a teacher. And I said, don't you dare. He said, why? I said, because you don't want to teach other kids. You just don't. I see you, just, you worry about your own kids, not fuck. And I talked him out of that because dealing with parents is the worst thing in the world you can deal with. Really? Yeah. The worst thing in the world you can deal with. They're out of control. They, they're not rational. They're fucked in the brain.
0: Wow. You're coming in hot.
1: Uh, you're not kidding. I am. All right. Meanwhile, back to the match. What did this match get? This match didn't get three and a half stars. No. Star. These two kids. These two kids can work. Star and a half. Really?
0: Yep.
1: I don't get that. I mean, you, then, then they, then, uh, the match, apparently you got two guys that can work. You got a damn good referee. And it gets a star and a half. It's telling me that either they were just fucking lazy, or they didn't want to work, or it was uh, the match was not set up well, or it had no heat. I don't know. But that's hard for me to believe that Malenko who can work and Hennig who could work would get a star and a half.
0: They're fucking super talented performers. That's for sure. Nobody's arguing that,
1: right? Now, this was a time, this was the day before Ric Flair made his debut uh, his, back in the archives.
0: That's right. His big return. All right. All
1: right. And they were kind of expecting Rick to show up here, weren't they?
0: Yeah. People are chanting, we want Flair. We want Flair.
1: I just saw a sign that said, welcome home, Flair.
0: Yeah. He's not coming home until the next day and he's supporting the tucks. Fire me. I'm already fired.
4: Right. Right.
0: By the way, that's what we sort of flip-flopped it accidentally. Um, right. You, uh, you know, we watched the Flair Return and now this show, but on Bischoff's podcast, we did it the other way. Last week we watched Fall Brawl. This week we did the Flair Returns. So if you want to hear what um Bischoff has to say about his feud with Flair in ninety eight and the return, it's on eighty three weeks th- this week. That should
1: be interesting as well. Yeah. Did you did you argue with him? Did you get pissed off at him?
0: Did he, yeah, he shout at you? Know, you? Listen, he said some dumb shit a couple of times and I called him out, but in the end, it wasn't that bad. We weren't yelling or fussing or nothing.
1: All right. Well, that's good. I always like my friends to get along with each other.
0: Oh, we don't get along. We, we just didn't yell today.
1: Well, we should all get along. You, me, Bruce, him.
0: No, but We're he, family, man. He even said this week on the show, like, I don't have friends. It's just not my personality. I'm quiet. Meanwhile, me and you are, you we're know, buddies. Yeah. I mean, you yeah. know, you know what you're doing in Las Vegas. I couldn't, I couldn't do that. You with always, that
1: you always bring it back to that. Don't you?
0: Well, I mean, just it's, you know, shit's going yeah. on. Yeah. It is what it is.
1: It is what it is. One of my favorite cliches.
0: You had a good run though. Really. When you think about it, I mean, how how many years were y'all together happily? 37. No, no, no. I said happily. Oh, Three. Yeah. The I mean, three. really you're getting greedy after that. If we're honest. Yeah.
1: yeah. The first three years, I think, uh, that was the first two years. And then Matt came along. Yeah. Not not to blame Matt, but you know, no, no, you it's, like, it's you Matt's like fault. changing when you have a kid.
0: Yeah. it's Matt's fault though. I mean, let's just call it yeah. like it is.
1: Yeah. little fucker.
0: I yeah, mean, you were God. able to do whatever you wanted to do. Walk around the house naked.
1: I, I walk around the house naked now.
0: Oh yeah, I'm sure. I mean, we're looking for it every day on Patreon.
1: I do. As lows,
0: what's it yeah. going to take to get Tony Schiavone ass naked on Patreon?
1: Oh, uh, it's going to take a lot.
0: Might just happen accidentally if I no, just click no, no,
1: the no, live no, button. No no, 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 I, I would never do that because you know we like to think that our people on Patreon are just are just us, right? We're just a group and we're all friends hanging around together. But I end up getting naked on Patreon. Someone's going to screenshot it and put it on social media.
0: That's why we have a no phone policy in Las Vegas. Yeah. Cause we don't want you to be a buff Bagwell and have a hashtag baby dick on Showtime.
1: Uh, run that one by me. You, 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 what's, what's that about buff and what's that about a hashtag?
0: You know, buff Bagwell was on that gigolo show on Showtime. You didn't, you knew that we've talked about this.
1: No, I didn't know that. Yes, I did. Right.
0: Are you kidding? You don't remember Cowboys for angels.com? Yeah. Oh yeah. I remember that bullshit. Well, anyway, he was on the show gigolo on showtime. Okay. You don't remember this at all. Do you? Yeah, I do. Well, anyway, uh, he was nude on there.
1: He was nude on the gigolo show. Yeah. That I didn't know.
0: Yeah. I mean, he had sex with the lady on showtime.
1: He actually had sex on TV.
0: I can't believe you don't remember this.
1: I remember Cowboys for angels or whatever, or angels for Cowboys or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Well, good for buff.
0: Check your email.
1: Okay. I shall. Meanwhile, we're getting a one and a half star match that I think it, Oh, wait,
0: what did you say? A one and a half inch. What? You hadn't even got the pictures yet. Calm down. <laughs>
1: one and a half star match.
0: Oh, sorry. Sorry. Sorry.
1: Yeah, star. Yeah, take a look. Okay. Well, I'm in the midst of a uh of a podcast here. I don't know if I can really.
0: Yeah, you can. You can pull up your email. It's 2018. Okay.
1: It's not come through yet.
0: Well, you'll be very excited when you get it. <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> oh god. Wow. Okay. So, uh, where are we here? Back to the show. We go. Are you all right? Yeah, I'm, I'm doing great. Thanks. Thanks for the email. Um, <laughs> you got the email. <laughs> yeah. Thank you.
0: Can you believe what you just saw? No. You, you thought I was making it up a little, didn't you?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Wait a minute. Here comes, uh, here comes some, uh, flapjack wino. Fast, no, that's, that's fast. On. Okay. All in black. Wow! wow. Hudge. Arn was done by this time, wasn't
0: he? Yeah. He had been retired for over a year. He gave him a spot over a year. Right. Prior to I, that,
1: that, the reason I'm saying that is that he took a double ax handle to the back of the head.
0: By the way, let me just tell you, I love that the rock very blatantly stole his kicks from Kurt. You do. You know, it's funny. Cause I've seen. In more recent years, it feels like I've seen more rock matches than I have Kurt's, but then you see exactly how Kurt delivers the kick and you're like, Oh, rock just stole it directly from him. Right. He does like, he picks his leg up and like shakes it for a minute and then kicks Mm -hmm. you with it, Right. which is so funny. I love it.
1: So now here's the, here's the part where the fans are thinking Flair's is going to come down.
0: You see Arn gets. Yeah. Speaking of coming, has the have those pictures come yet? That was the second email. Oh. <laughs> you alright?
1: Yes, I am. It's just terrible.
0: What what? what's oh, terrible? Is my hashtag making sense now?
1: Oh my god. You alright? Yes, I'm fine. I'm telling all my <laughs>
0: tell, tell everybody what you're seeing here. This, this is not a video show. This is audio. You owe it to your audience.
1: I'm 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 seeing Buff talk to this old lady with her boobs down to her knees.
0: He's not talking to her, brother. That's yes, cowboys4angels.com.
1: Okay. Wow. Okay. Well, anyway, God bless him. Okay. Where are we in the show? <laughs> what the fuck are you sending me shit? For? Dude, you asked? No, I didn't ask. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, uh, you know what? You know what? We'll, we'll, we'll pick this up. We'll pick up this show, this podcast, which, which may go down as our worst of all time.
0: No, it's not. If it gets that bad, we'll just, we'll just call Rick Flair again. Like we did that one time when it was really bad.
1: So yeah. Uh, you know, what would, uh, pep up this uh, podcast? What's that? It would be K dog going up against Scott hall. I God damn, here we go. <laughs> yes, sir. What? You know, if I'm Scott hall. Not only, and I, if I'm pissed off about this drunk gimmick, they want me to do, but I'm even more pissed off that I've got Mike Jones walking out with me. Huh. Who? Mike
0: Jones. What's your number? Two, eight, one, three, three, oh, eight, zero, zero, four. I think you should hit Mike Jones upon the low. Cause Mike Jones is about to blow. Did you know that the mic was about to blow? No. Yep. Now you do. Wow. So, hey, uh, got some ideas for next year. <laughs> Pull
1: a put a bullet to my head. No. My, okay. What's that? What's the ideas for next year?
0: I mean, how bad do you want to quit baseball?
1: Well, uh, well, anyway, what's, what's the idea?
0: Hashtag baby Dick on Showtime. <laughs> you know, here's what I'm saying. Let's run through this. It's bit, it, by the time Buff Bagwell got the gigolo show, he had been off TV for a while. You're on TV every fucking Friday. Yeah, but look, yeah,
1: but, but he was a good looking young man. Well, no, I, yeah. I'm this old doughboy Fuck.
0: But did you see the lady in the pictures with him? Yes. You telling me that you're not the male equivalent of the lady in the picture? Yeah. Well, probably. So that's what I'm saying. Let's have you just embrace it and go all in.
1: What? You're a run out of shit to talk about here, buddy.
0: Dude, I got to try to figure out how to make Conan and Scott Hall as they do <laughs> a drunk angle, where he is stumbling around. And Bischoff said, "This is the thing that embarrasses him the most." You know, obviously he regrets the whole flare thing, but he thinks this is probably the most embarrassing because this was his idea and he pitched it and he presented it and Scott did it. But clearly he took a real life situation and blurred the lines and that's what he was known for, but really what he's doing here is exploiting someone's real life struggle. Right. And he wishes he had it to do over again. And there's nothing fun or funny or interesting about that.
1: No, because you know what? Scott hall without all of this was a cool motherfucker. Still is still is. And was, uh, had a great gimmick. Didn't need this at all.
0: By the way, if I'm dumb enough to do a star cast too, Scott hall's in. Yeah. Couldn't have been cooler. Glad to have him. You know, because here's the deal guys are quick to shit on people. And so whenever, you know, I started to promote that Scott was going to be there. I had a ton of people who were like, oh, and I heard everybody's this thing or that thing, but I've always been of the mindset you treat people, how they treat you and dude, he's aces. He gets a bad rap.
1: Hey, listen, I probably know Scott Hall longer than anybody I've, I've known in wrestling.
0: Really? Yeah. Oh, because of the, uh, what was it? Starship coyote or some shit like that?
1: No, no. Well, yeah, he was on the, he and Danny Spivey were on starship, whatever they were, but they were also, again, they were, they worked under Klondike bill and they worked they were the grounds crew at old Crockett park.
0: Oh yeah. I forgot about that. You told us yeah. that.
1: So, uh, so I've, I've known Scott forever and, uh, I've always, I've always had, a I. uh, I may have told this story before, but when, you know, before he got hooked up with diamond Dallas page and things were really going downhill for him, I, sur- I tried to find out where he was. And I ran across this person who knew where I could get in touch with Scott. And I said, I need to get in touch with Scott. Why? Well, because I'm concerned about him. And that person told me he doesn't want to see anybody.
0: Yeah, that's a shame too. Yeah, so. Because a lot of people cared about him, but, you know, thankfully his story has a very, very happy ending. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's in a good place. He's doing well. And, um, you know, a lot of other people didn't have that story. Right. I'm happy for him.
1: Yeah, I am too. I'm happy for him too. Well, now he and K dog going to get it on here. Conan, who is, uh, now part of MLW. Uh, and, uh, it's, it's good to have Conan back. He and I, uh, got to talk a little bit in Fort Lauderdale recently. And, uh, I know Conan's had some health problems, uh, but he's bounced back nicely and, uh, man, I, you know, I always love this look with him with the hat and the, uh, the shirt, the plaid shirt. I really thought he was really fucking cool. So did she,
0: man. I think Conan was one of those guys. And and Scott Halls like this too. They were just fucking born cool. Right. And that really is like um I mean that's just the vibe for everything Conan does. Like even his podcast. It's just cool. Right.
1: But why in the world he hooked himself up with the disco inferno? I'll never know.
0: Well, everybody needs cannon fodder. Yeah, I guess so. And and, and disco is is a great sport, right? You know he gets it.
1: Yeah. Now does it? uh olé, Oh, olé, olé, la raza!
0: Oh, look at you rolling the Mars like yeah, Lily and Garcia.
1: Here, touch this. That's enough. Oh, I liked all that shit. He did, man. Not only that man back in the day when he was, uh, in his prime, he was as good a worker as any of them could do some great shit. Conan could
0: oil a oh, LA all day, every day. <laughs> oh man. This is going to get a dud rating, by the way. They're going to go 12 minutes and, um, the match dies. It gets a dud, but it does because they're just really trying to tell a story more than the match.
1: And the story they're trying to sell, tell is Scott Hall's,
0: uh, drinking is out of control and exactly. Yeah. And by the way, one of the things I always found interesting in this is the gap between the rings. There's nothing there. Like to me. There should be something there. Guys are going to jack their ankles or roll a knee or something.
1: Right. And I believe, uh, didn't the NXT uh, one that we did.
0: Yeah. They had something there. Had something there. I I enjoyed, uh, I think it was Arn Anderson or Barry Windham. One of them where they just stuck their head in there and pretended like they were plunging their head, which was hilarious. Right. Right. Of course, none of that. Fun shit's going to happen. It's just going to be a train wreck of a main event coming up in just a minute.
1: Mm. Taking a good thing, you know, (laughs) you know, by now, uh, you can, you can, what's he doing? You can see if you're the opponent, you can see the toothpick gimmick coming at you they always act surprised. Like, what the fuck did you just do, man? I didn't see that toothpick coming. See, Scott can everything, He every, not everything, but most of the stuff that Scott did looks so legit. And you know, I talked about him having probably one of the best working punches ever. It takes some pretty good bumps too, as well. So this match is a dud.
0: Yeah. You disagree?
1: Well, we're only a couple minutes into it. I don't know if, uh, the 12 minutes counts, uh, all that Scott was doing, talking and everything, if that counts in the 12, but the fans are kind of into this. See the fans standing up some of them and popping with what Conan just did. You know. I, don't, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what constitutes a dud. To me, what constitutes a dud is two guys who can't work. All right? And I know these two guys can work. Two guys who can't work, missing spots that were choreographed, that shouldn't have been choreographed anyway, and just doing shit that makes no sense. I, you, you got two guys who I know can work. You've got fans reacting to some of their stuff. I'm not so really sure that constitutes a dud. I mean, I, I've seen a lot of duds before. You know, i talked about Evan Courageous. I've always shit on him. Uh, the fact is that Evan Courageous had some good match. Todd Champion, a lot of times when he wrestled, wrestled a dud because he couldn't do things. Van Hammer couldn't do things. These two guys can do things. So why you call it a dud? I don't get it. See that, uh, that roll
0: through. You'll see when you get to the finish though.
1: Okay. All right. So maybe the finish, it it just, he's not looking at the entire body of work. He's just looking at the finish and giving it a a ratings because of that. (laughs) Well, there's a good way to use the crease between the rings. So, you know, I, I, I just, I just, I, I don't understand that. I, I what always to me was like, for instance, earlier we saw silver King and whoventude and silver King should never be on a pay-per-view. I get it. But silver King missed a couple of moves and it looked shitty and guys would go out there and they would rehearse shit and, the, and guys who can't work, they would do all these spots. They would rehearse it. If they go in the ring and the lights are on, the cameras are rolling and the bell rings, if they miss one fucking move. Everything goes to shit. That's a dud, not guys being able to work and doing things like this. That looks pretty good in spots that look okay. I just, Hey, you know what? Dave Melcher and I have become buddies again, so I'm not going to say fuck Dave Melcher.
0: Oh my gosh. I'm so thankful to hear you say that. Are you? Yeah. He's, he's always been a good guy to me and you know, I know we cover his newsletter a lot, but he was doing his job and reporting the news and giving his opinion. And a lot of people take it very, very personally. And obviously taking it to another level and man, I'm just really, really glad that you're, you're getting off that train because Bruce and Eric are fucking not. And it's a lot.
1: Yeah. You know, I, I am. I, 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 I like Dave a lot. Always did. Uh, and of course, you know, the, uh, FDM came very, very became very popular with our slapdicks and I appreciate that. Uh I don't appreciate the fact that you had to call him to be put over by him. But you know what? That's life. That happens. Journalists are like that all around. And did you tell me he was just put into wrestling hall of fame?
0: Yeah. Uh, over the uh over in England over the weekend last weekend. It was MediaCon. Uh uh-huh. and uh the first class of Wrestling Mediacon Hall of Famers featured Cole Cabana. Who's really the OG of wrestling podcasts. Right. Uh, and of course, Mr. Dave Meltzer. Well, good for Dave. Yeah.
1: I got to see he and Brian Alvarez at Starcast. It was good to, good to talk to him, And we didn't get to talk that much. People were coming up, you know, when people come up autograph, you know, I want to spend time with them, but we got to talk a little bit and that was good. Thank you for, see, see what you've done for me.
0: What I got you back, uh, mending fences. Yeah. Well, that makes me happy. Yeah. That's like, what I, I like done. Dave. And you know, I think a lot of people assume that I hate Dave and that I'm two faced with Dave or whatever, because a lot of my co-hosts just shit on him, but that's not my intention at all. Like I want to use the newsletter because I'm a 20 something year subscriber. And I think it's the best resource for, sort of telling the story of what really happened. And obviously he got some stuff wrong, but shit, how can you not? I mean, when you're talking about writing a hundred thousand words a week on, on a topic and a lot of it comes through different filters. And we've talked about that. You know, you sort of alluded to it a few minutes ago, guys would call and give him updates and in return, it's natural that you develop friendships there. I mean, what type of monster would you be if you talk to a guy with any regularity and you don't develop some sort of relationship, some sort of friendship? And, you know, we, we sort of started the show talking about something like that, a different relationship, but let's talk about it. I think people are unfair to Eric Bischoff when they say that he catered to Hulk Hogan too much. I mean, obviously he can make that claim now with the benefit of hindsight and and a lot of people can, you know, with the things that worked or didn't work. But realistically, if you're an Eric Bischoff spot and you really are a quote unquote C team announcer, when you come in and you've got a guy who at this point has grossed more money in professional wrestling than anyone except Vince McMahon, but just at the box office, like this guy drew more money than anybody, the top guy for over a decade He's the man. And so when he says, and he's on your team, Hey, why don't we do this? I think this will be money. Like you don't vote against that guy. Right. Like if Virgil on the outside says, what about this? You consider the source, not shit. Right. just saying, but when the guy who's drawn more money than anybody ever says, Hey, why don't we do this? You got to think it's worth a listen to make another example. And this will piss people off. But if Tom Brady says, I think we should run this play. If you're the offensive coordinator and he's on the field and he's clearly gotten you some championships, you got to wonder, like, should, I mean, why wouldn't I listen to that? He's out there. He's done it. He sees things differently than I do. I'm a new coach. I'm fucking doing what he wants to do. He's a proven winner. Hogan was that. So I see how you would rely on that. And a lot of other people, you know, want to play armchair quarterback on some of that stuff. And I get it. But to me, I'm sympathetic to Bischoff's spot there. Not because we're buddies, but because I would do the same thing. And if you're honest, you would too. Let's go back to when you first got into wrestling, Tony, and it's early starcade days. It's starcade 84, or 85. One of those early ones. All right. And Rick Flair says, all right, Tony, here's what we're going to do. You're well, fuck. Okay. You're the right. top guy. You've done this for over a decade. You're the reason these events are going to be so successful. You've drawn all this money. I'm the new guy. And if this is the way you think I should do it, I'm going to do it because I don't think you're intentionally going to fuck me up. Like that's what's the motivation there.
1: Right. Well, I go back to the very first arcade and I was in the backstage area and that's when I met dusty Rhodes and I remember, and he was telling me about some of the things I should do. And I'm thinking, what's he telling? I didn't even know he was a booker at that time, but I remember thinking, man, if dusty Rhodes talks,
0: I'm fucking listening. Yeah. He's, he's proven he's a top guy. He's established. And if he says, Hey man, this is going to work. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I'm out here trying to figure it out. And if you say this is going to work, you've got the resume that makes me think I need to listen. And some of those ideas were a miss, but a lot of them were hits. Yes, they were. And Hogan did rely on what he knew and what he was comfortable with. Nobody's debating that. Right.
1: So now the fans are looking to their left here or to our right, to their left. I don't know what they're, is there a fight in the stands or what's going on here? Are
0: they expecting? They're they're hoping that the warrior disappears. (laughs) I feel like we should mention here that. They've got to be feeling regardless of what anybody says. You guys had smashed for 83 consecutive weeks. And then on the very night when (coughs) Eric Bischoff addresses the locker room and shits on Ric Flair saying, I'm going to drive him and his family into personal bankruptcy, Vince McMahon and Steve Austin headline raw. And for the first time in 83 weeks, this is week 84 here, raw wins. That's in April. Now, fast forward, we're here in September. You had to be looking for, Hey, what's the other, what else can we do to sort of regain control? Right. You put the belt on Goldberg in July, but come August and September here, you've got to be trying to think. Hey, what else can we try? And and the thing you're going to try is bringing in the ultimate warrior. That makes total sense to me that you're just looking for, Hey, we just need this one thing. What, what can we get? How can we get this put together? And you see the finish here. Conan gets the win with the tequila sunrise. Got to be an upset. Scott Hall was considered to be. One of the tippy top guys, he gets the win here.
1: Yeah. And the fans reacted to it also. Cause it was and, a surprise.
0: I think everybody thought coming into this Scott hall wins. And of course they're trying to do the drunk storyline. So that's not the case. Conan gets the win.
1: And so the, the fans pop for it. I just, I don't see where the dud is, but i but I understand what you're saying now we had all these, we're looking for something. Why not bring in the ultimate warrior? Why not do something that's tried and true, which he was, he was money for Vince McMahon. So now we're setting up for war games here. Conrad, you ready?
0: Ready or not. Here we go. I guess we should remind everybody instead of two big teams, we've got three smaller teams, three guys on each team. So total of nine guys are going to be in this thing. Yeah, And we've got the NWO black and white. We've got the wolf pack. And then we've got a WCW crew.
3: Mm -hmm.
1: And we got Michael buffer, ladies and gentlemen, for the millions watching around the world who will never watch a WCW pay-per-view again, let's get ready to stumble through this one.
0: That's about right.
1: Yes, sir. And, of course, let the war games begin, and the cage comes down. Of course, you know, uh, in reality, Winston-Salem and Greensboro, which was kind of the uh, a de facto home of Jim Crockett Promotions, being their, their number one venue, uh, Winston-Salem and Greensboro are basically 30 miles apart. So you had kind of a, almost the same crowd that was would come to Greensboro would come to Winston-Salem. So this was, uh, this, uh, again, this launch, Joel Coliseum was basically new at this time, uh, being the home of Wake Forest. And there's in the background, uh, Nick Patrick, I guess, Kenny Powers.
0: <laughs> Look at that hair, man.
1: Slick back, buddy. Absolutely slick back. Ladies and gentlemen, let's get ready to rumble. Does Michael Buffer still do ring announcing on boxing?
0: Uh, you know, I don't know the last time I saw him do boxing. Cause it feels like, um, uh, Jimmy Lennon Jr. Doesn't now most of the time. Yeah,
1: I know. It's like, uh, I guess he's retired from, it. I don't know. Notice how the pyro on the cage, just wonder how much, man, our, our, did, did Eric ever tell you about the budget for pyro?
0: No, we, we, get haven't, that? we haven't talked about
1: it. You need to talk about it. Cause that had to be astronomical. That's a pretty good look though. Don't you think?
0: Oh, dude. I mean, listen, the little things on this are legit. It's just the actual match. That sucks. Yes.
1: Well, of course we just had war games and major league wrestling. I don't know if that's aired yet or not. I don't think it has. Um, and, uh, we had it at the Fort Lauderdale war Memorial and, uh, had some pretty good things in it. Tommy Dreamer was a part of it. Um of course uh Sammy Callahan who is, as you know is a nut. He was in it as well. So I saw Sammy at Starcast.
0: He's a nice guy.
1: Yeah, yes, good kid. One of those old school appreciation type kids. Have a lot of time for Sammy. But of course, the, uh, the one we had an MLW did not have a top on it, which seems to be the norm now. But I always thought the top on it made it, it made it spookier in a way, don't you? I mean, it was different. So I always liked the top on it. You still with me over there?
0: Yeah. I like the top on it too. I feel like, you know, the, the three team concept is what threw me off. And I know, you know, a lot of people, you know, when I made reference to the fact that I didn't like this version of the war games reference last year's NXT and said, oh well, they had three teams too. I get it. But they had a real, they had real stakes for that one and the cage didn't have a top on it and they reintroduced it after it was dormant forever this is a continuation year after year after year, and now all of a sudden everything's different. Right, And the stakes here are kind of dumb. You know, like the one for NXT, there were real rivalries between these three sort of factions. And that's not necessarily the case here, but even if it was, the winner of the match gets a title shot at Halloween Havoc. So when the stakes are... By the way, I have that DDP vest right there. Um, When the stakes for this are you get a title shot? It's no longer a team thing. Now it's every man for himself.
1: Exactly. And if I'm correct here, the man who ends up getting the title shot at Halloween havoc, didn't even get his match on the pay-per-view. Did he?
0: Yeah. I mean, the, it started, I think, but then I think yeah. after the match started, it, it went off the air and you guys had to refund just shit piles of orders.
1: Yeah. And that, to me, that says it all about us at that time.
0: By the way, there's a few versions of DDP. And I, let me just say, I like the 97, 98 DDP best of all. Like just the way the the look and presentation, you know, 97, he was mostly wearing jeans and boots and the t-shirt. And then here in 98, this is the look, but he would change it as years went on. He'd get like the baggy pants, with the lightning bolt down the side and he'd trim the hair up. Everything looked different. I like this sort of Jacksonville, Florida version of DDP.
1: Yeah. I, I, the, uh, the t-shirt was a hot seller for us. Yeah. The, the bang t-shirt, uh, and of course the diamond cutter and he had the diamond cutter hands on the back of his vest. It was, it was all pretty cool, man. So I guess now they're sending out one man for each team. Is that how they're doing this here now? Come on out.
0: Yeah, we got, uh, Hey, there, look, there's the WCW world or United States title. By the way, we're going to, we're going to shit on this match, but realistically, you've got arguably one of the hottest guys for WCW in 1997 and obviously 98 as well. But DDP is hot. You know, 97 is already his breakout year. He's on his way up, way up. And you've got who a year prior to this was probably the hottest heel in the entire industry. Bret Hart. That's what you're starting with. It's a lot of talent. Yep. It is. And now he's going to step in there with Benjamin button, the referees and old sling Blade's going to lock him in. Got Kenny, two referees Kenny, in there. Yep. Kenny powers, Benjamin button and sling blade are your referees.
1: You know, and, and this is another thing that's different too, because normally the referees would not be in the ring.
0: That's right. But let's see, here's the other thing: pinfall or submission count. So pins count. Of course, in previous years, it was you had to make the other guy quit. Right.
1: And again, I've talked to you about how I like pinfalls. How I think, you know, this surrender submission to me never did work, but. So we got two very big time, popular, well-known superstar wrestlers in that era 1998 going at it here. What can go wrong? Conrad, what can go wrong?
0: Stay tuned, my friend. Stay tuned. (laughs) Minus four stars.
1: All right. Starting out pretty good here. Hey, I'm digging this already, man. Bret Hart and Diamond Dallas Page. I'm digging it all very one, two. He can win it right now, though. And Bret Hart kicked away. Oh my God. Did you just pass out on me? I think he did. I think Conrad has passed out on me on the floor. I'm not sure. Now into the midsection. Oh, belly to belly suplex over and a two count. Would not it be something if he pinned him right there and it would just be over. Try to diamond cutter. Move out of the way. Conrad will join me in a moment here. Fans. Oh, and a foot to the face. I looked up. Ah, <laughs> oh, there you were. <laughs> well, uh, just to let you guys know, I was uh, I was uh watching the the monitor here and then I looked over to my left where I can see Conrad and I could just see his chair and I'm thinking and he's passed out on the floor, but he's arrived
0: I gave you some hand signals for about 30 seconds and I thought you acknowledged them, but you may have been picking your nose. <laughs>
1: okay. You got it. And, and right now, you know, DDP had a couple of false finishes right there. He went for the diamond cutter and, uh, and Brett Hart got away from it. And all right. So they, they they're slowing down here a little bit.
0: How great would it have been, you know, if this is real life, if he gets the diamond cutter, when there's just two guys in there, pins him, that's it. DDP one war games.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It would kind of be like, uh, thinking that Ric Flair was going to show up and didn't and thinking Goldberg was going to show up and didn't,
0: or it would be like you paying for five songs at Sapphire and only needing half of one.
1: You have to pay for songs there.
0: You don't have to. Your money's no good with me. <laughs> oh, oh, God. Let me just mm. say this. You're coming home covered in glitter. Yeah. And you're going to have to tell Lois that you've been hunting unicorns. Okay.
1: Well, the good news is that I don't, uh, I don't land till late the very next night and she won't even see me come in. She, she doesn't pay attention to me. I'm telling you, you you're getting ready. You're going to be a newlywed. In a couple of months, you're going to be a newlywed. You just don't get it. Unless, unless my picture is on her telephone, unless my picture's on Lois's smartphone, she won't even notice I'm in the house. Cause she just stares at her phone all day. That's all she does. God is my witness. Right hand to God, hundred percent. She stares at her phone all day.
0: I've been accused of that. Yeah. I mean, just last week you were saying that at Starcast, you'd be in the middle of a conversation with me. Yeah. And I'm on my phone the whole time.
1: Yeah. But you were doing a job. You had purpose.
0: (laughs) So you're saying your wife is aimless?
1: Completely. That's what I'm saying.
0: I'm learning a lot about how to handle wives here. Thank you.
1: Yeah. Yep. Just. Give them something to do on their phone. Absolutely. Yow discus lariat. Look good, man. And now the countdown is over. Who's coming in. It's going to be from the, th- oh my God. It's the one job guy here. It's Stevie Ray. Cause suckers got to know
0: that somebody's got to do the J O B.
1: That's exactly right. Got the black Jack back on his tights.
0: By the way, let me ask this: Did you see Michael Hayes's attire at the wedding? No. You gotta, you gotta go find
1: that. All right. Well, it, it's listen. Has Michael Hayes ever worn anything cool in the last fifteen years? Yes, he has. Yes. Okay.
0: He wore it cool to the wedding. It was awesome. Really? Oh, so cool. Okay.
1: He didn't wear a purple jumpsuit and a uh no, fanny pack? Th- it was okay. Pink. Pink jumpsuit and a fanny pack? Yep. <laughs> Jesus. All right. So now here you know what made war games great, and I think everybody would agree with me what made war games gay- great was two on one, but now it's kind of every man for himself here. So that takes the the throughout of war games. I mean I yeah, I know Stevie Ray and uh and Bret Hart were working together at that time. Oh, I guess they were on the same team, right? How do we work this out?
0: Yeah, but it's every man for himself because you got a fucking title shot. So even though there are teams, there's not really, do you see the trouble?
1: Yeah, I I do see the trouble because a a member of the Wolfpack should be coming out by now. We don't have a member of the Wolfpack out here, do we? No. No. So if I'm the wolf pack, I'm kind of pissed.
0: Well, why though? Some people would say, oh, it means you're not getting beat up. But the other thing means, well, you don't have a chance to win either.
1: That, that that's what I'm saying. Now we get a member of the wolf pack and sting. At least we think it's sting.
0: This one's Sting.
1: Okay. You never know. With that tomato face paint of his, yikes.
0: I hated it. I did too.
1: There's nothing cool about it, man. It just, it looked, looked like he had high blood pressure. Like I I don't know. Looked like a tomato. And there's a nut shot, which is about the 30th nut shot we've seen in the show. I think that's, uh, that we, you know, we overdid the nut shots at this era too.
0: You ever did everything.
1: Yeah. You know, you can, you can connect the dots. Can't you to see why we went down the shitter? You really can.
0: All right. By the way, uh, would write right. This was one for the record books minus four stars.
1: What else did he say about
0: it? Oh, shit on it. Where do we start? Well, since they didn't play their regular entrance music page came out and got a very small pop, although his running into the crowd did pick it up to where it wasn't embarrassing. That couldn't be said for the total non reaction to heart. The new rules were a killer as it took away the mystique from the match of seeing a top right. guy surrender. And it could end before everyone got in. Although logic would tell you that wasn't going to happen. Page and Hart went five minutes, which you would think would be good, but it was actually unbelievable how dead it was during this period. Stevie Ray was in next, which meant there were two black and white guys before the Wolfpack got in. Right. Sting was in next and did the dive from one ring to the other, like he used to do in the eighties war games. But now that he's 39 time has caught up with him and he didn't clear the ropes. <laughs> he goes on and just continues to just shit all the way through. I don't want to spoil it, but okay, you're going to see some absolutely horrible shit here shortly. Okay.
1: Well, here comes Piper in with his mouth agape.
0: Word of the day, agape.
1: Okay. gape, <laughs> he's just, he's, he's hammering everybody, but Bret Hart had enough of it. Wow. Stevie not selling shit for him. Is he?
4: <laughs>
1: Vite cb Ray in the ear. Yeah, fans not responding to this at all, Conrad. You're right.
0: Roddy Piper feels out of place in WCW to me, and I don't know why. Yeah,
1: Yeah, you know what? It's because he was way past his prime here. That's why. You know, Roddy was. Roddy had one of the greatest talkers, had one of the greatest entrances, but by this time, his, his work, which. I don't know if it was always the greatest work in the world, but his work had, had lacked something by this time.
0: If he had finished up at at super Brawl 97, I think it would have been a great run for him. You know, coming back, surprising Hogan after the end of Halloween Havoc 96, setting up Starcade 97, doing the rematch at, um, super brawl, the whole San Francisco deal, I think that would have been a great way to go out. Of course there's money on the table, so. If they're throwing big money at you, you take it and good for him. But as a fan fall brawl, 97 would have been a good spot to end it. And if you want to stretch it out, you could have did that six man over the summer with him and Kevin green and Rick flair against the NWO next up. Lex Luger sort of taking his time. You would think he's
1: got a pose,
0: Well, you got to do that, but Everybody else was running in, but he's not,
4: no,
1: (laughs) he's not in a hurry to, well, finally somebody came in to feed him that time. So, but he wasn't in a hurry at all to get to the other corner or the other ring,
0: it is pretty crazy when you think about all the hall of fame talent that's in here, Lex Luger, Bret Hart, Roddy Piper. Sting, DDP, Nick Patrick, Charles Robinson, and And Stevie Stevie Ray. Ray. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Jeez. Which by the way, Stevie Ray is going to be in the hall of fame with the Harlem heat.
1: Are they going to put them in the hall of fame?
0: Oh, not WWE, but I'm sure the Harlem heat are in hall of fames. Hall of Fames, yeah. There's a few different ones, you know. There's more there, than just the WWE. There's the Observer one. There's the one in New York. There's the Cauliflower Alley thing. You know, there. I mean, there's there's a bunch. There's the thing in, re- in a thing in Waterloo. I didn't realize that. Oh yeah, there's like half a dozen, maybe more.
1: Really? I, I thought there were just one.
0: No, to me the the most prestigious one, and people are going to fucking be mad about this it's dave Meltzer's. if you're in the wrestling observer hall of fame that's the real hall of fame it's done the real way where people vote not just fans but like in baseball like people vote in the wwf that's not the case it's just hey this will look good on tv do it nash by the way did not do the lex Luger thing he runs to the ring anxious to get in there Wow.
1: I didn't, I didn't realize there was a Dave Meltzer hall of Or anyway. Good. I thought there was just one. I'm glad to hear that. There's more than one.
0: I think you should be in several, by the way. I think it's bullshit that you're not in them.
1: I'm going to turn down every one of them. No, you're not.
0: Yes, I am. I'm never talking to you again. If you do it.
1: (laughs) Uh Oh, Hollywood, Hollywood swinging. By the way, it's
0: not time. He's sneaking in.
1: I remember not too long ago. I went to a theater and I saw the Hollywood Hogan show. Always wanted to be a wrestling man to sing my songs and become that bad piano playing. So he's sneaking in, right? That's not his turn.
0: That's right. Well, he's early if, if nothing
1: else. Okay. Well, and Sammy Callahan did the same thing and the the MLW won recently.
0: Can I tell you about the uh, Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame 2018 inductees?
1: Uh, uh, whose Hall of Fame is this?
0: The Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame, the PWHF.org.
1: Okay. Where pa- is this?
0: Pampiro Furpo. Okay. Hiro Matsuda. Oh, okay. Sting. Yeah. Jim Duggan. Okay. Eddie Graham, Ernie, big cat lad, good class, red bastine and Billy red lions. Like it. See, there you go. They're a legit five Oh one C three nonprofit organization in upstate New York. That's a good class though. That is a good class. So you should, you should, you should do it, man. If you're ever given the opportunity, you should do it.
1: Do they have an induction ceremony now? They just yeah, uh Yeah, absolutely. People actually come to that?
0: Yep. By the way, twenty seventeen had Sputnik Monroe, Mick Foley, Shawn Michaels, George Napolitano, Susan Green, Larry Henning, Harley Race, Tatsumi Fujinami. Hey. Twenty sixteen, big year two. You had Leilani Kai, Mean Gene, Sergeant Slaughter, Stone Cold Steve Austin, the Black Jacks, Mulligan and Lanza, Peter Mavia. It fell off a cliff a little bit. They put Greg the Hammer Valentine in.
1: Oh, Oh my God. Oh, my God. Smoke has filled war games.
0: By the Smoke way, it. this is the uh, trapdoor bullshit we were talking about before where people are getting hurt, but. What you're seeing in the ring right now is not the Ultimate Warrior. That's actually Renegade. Uh-huh. But he's got the full length duster on and he's face down. They're going to fill it again. And just as fast as he was there,
1: he's gone. Oh my god. Oh, this is so intriguing. This is so intriguing. He's got the coat and Wait a minute, brother.
3: He ain't there.
1: So there's a trap door in the ring. Here he comes <laughs> Bust his ass on the steps and the fans not buying it at all. Are they?
0: Well, I mean, you would think in, that would, in fairness, if, if you're going to, when they first brought back the warrior, they brought him back. In a nitro in Connecticut. Now the Warrior is in Winston Salem. Exactly. No one gives a shit.
1: It's like when you when Bret Hart comes out in Winston Salem. By the way,
0: it's war games and look, they're just letting motherfuckers out. That's right. (laughs) There's Bruce the fucking barber beefcake.
1: Holy shit.
0: I know. Warrior just destroyed Stevie Ray with a standing clothesline that Stevie had to sell like he died. <laughs> uh, and I know uh, we were sorta having a little fun with Stevie Ray earlier. Yeah. But the wrestling ability between these two is off the charts. There's such a difference.
1: Exactly. Meanwhile, is everybody else dead on the other side? They're everybody, not moving. What's everybody's going just on?
0: taking a nap.
1: That's what they're doing.
0: There's an arm they're... coming up from between the rings. <laughs> everybody's taking a nap. They are. Fuck. They... The whole crowd is. Nobody, I mean, nobody's doing anything right now. Oh God. So you see warrior trying to chase down Hulk Hogan. And Bruce the fucking barber beefcake, and he's just fall, pacing, following them around on the inside of the cage as they're walking around the outside. Here comes the big spot, which is comical. Okay.
1: <laughs> I know it's <what's> coming.
0: <laughs> so, Warrior's going to scale the cage, and he yeah. decides, I'm not doing this. I need Hulk Hogan. So, he kicks, and the very top corner gives way. But now he's got to figure out how to maneuver his body out. And he's going to drop down. And when he does, bam, he just fucked up his ankle. So now he's limping along here. He's hurt bad. He starts throwing and bam, just tore a bicep. This is real. He's done two things. And while he's brawling with Hogan here, he tore a bicep. And when he landed from the cage to the floor, he tweaked his, his, uh, ankle. So. He had two physical spots and in both of them, he hurt himself, but thankfully Stevie Ray is in the right spot at the right time with Bret Hart and DDP. No, the blackjack diamond cutter, roll Roll him over and that's it. That's the finish of your war games. And the crowd goes mild. Wow. No one gives a shit and it's not anything against DDP. It's just hard to follow. You had this big schmoz thing with Hogan warrior. There probably shouldn't have been that distracted everybody when they finally did pay attention again. It's like, okay, DDP beat Stevie Ray. Oh, is that it? Okay. I guess that's it. And that's your main event. Now Halloween havoc diamond Dallas page, Bill Goldberg for the world title.
1: Well, obviously what ruined this whole thing was the Hogan angle with the warrior,
0: everything warrior did in WCW sucked a dick. Yeah. So check out fall brawl, 1998 on the network. And when you get done with that, go dig up the archives and watch Halloween havoc, 1998, which has the worst match ever minus five stars. This was only minus four stars. It can get worse. And it would one month later in Las Vegas, Hogan warrior crazy to Uh, think about. Well, so,
1: so it's, it's very apparent that Hogan warrior helped dig us in a hole that we couldn't get dig uh, dig out of.
0: No, I don't think that's right. I think you guys were already in a hole. Well, Don't get me wrong, business is is booming, but the WWF is winning here, and I think you've already started to head down that direction, but you hit the panic button thinking you could bring Warrior in and sort of turn things around and pull the nose up, so to speak. That does not happen. Instead, it just goes further and further down, which is what you're going to do at Sapphire next week, but Tony, on that note, when I look at my clock, I can't help but feel like it's about that time.
1: In our main event coming up is War Games 2018. In one quarter, it's going to be Conrad Thompson, Dave Silva, Dave Hancock, and Jay Z with his white glasses. In the other quarter, Hulk Hogan teaming up with Rowdy Roddy Piper and the Ghost of the Ultimate Warrior. The Ultimate Warrior making his way to the ring in War Games. He'll be the first participant. And also in the ring is Conrad Thompson. Conrad bends over. Smoke comes bellowing out his ass. It covers up the ring. Also falling out of Conrad's ass is Jay-Z. It looks like we're out of time. We are out of time. We'll see you next week. You're listening to What Happened When, coming your way on the
2: MLW Radio Network, as well as our good friends on... Patron! Promotional consideration paid for by the following. hi all. this is, uh, well you can call me frog frog here here to tell you to visit my friends conrad and tony over at patreon.com forward slash whw monday they have all sorts of exclusive content including behind the scenes videos from the shivani kingdom you also can get the podcast on monday which is better than the normal drop day of wednesday okay let's see here and by loisrules.com All you in on a secret she's more terrifying than piggy now that's saying something if you ask me. I know you're paying, Tony. Anyway, LoisRules.com, one of the hottest selling sites on ProWrestlingTees.com, where you can find all of your What Happening When t-shirts to show your support for Tony Shavai. Also, buy boxagimmicks.com With all sorts of merchandising that you can get tailored to your favorite podcasts, led by Promoter of the Year himself, Conrad Thompson! Yay! That's right. Show your support of what happened when something to wrestle with in 83 weeks by heading over to boxagimmicks.com. Slap di- Wait, what? I uh, Guys, I I don't think I can say that. It's in my contract. I uh, Sorry, I I mean I, I can't. It's It's not a word I'm I'm really used to saying. I I mean, I guess I could try. All right. Um, well, be sure to tune in to slap Dick theater. Oh well, well, that wasn't so bad. Screw it. More episodes of Slap Dick Theater with comedians and News going to Patreon this fall! Yay! What happened when is going on the road? You can catch Tony and Conrad in Charlotte, North Carolina, live at the Comedy Zone Sunday, November 11th at 3 p.m. Tickets are available at TomZink.com. And get ready, Nashville! What Happening When is live from Sammy's Comedy Club on Sunday, December 16th. Get your tickets today over at lowkeybighog.com.